1: And you thought you had rid of me. I'm back. I'm back and refreshed and revitalized. Do you believe me? Uh, Welcome into the show. Mornings with Ian Smith, Minor Smithy, uh, who's been at Cricket World Cup. He is back next week. I'm Daniel McCarty alongside uh, Brandon and the great Louis Herman Watt. Did a fine job yesterday. Thank you, Louis. He is with us uh, through to midday as well. We've got lots to get into. All going well. We'll go inside the Black Caps camp ahead of their tour to Bangladesh. I think going through uh, Auckland International Airport right now. Uh, Neil Wagner, of course, called up to that squad after Matt Henry was ruled out. Uh, The plan is to speak to him. Uh, We will hopefully do that in a few minutes' time. We'll talk some NBA after 10 o'clock. And after 11 o'clock, we'll reflect on what I'm currently watching, which is the All-Whites taking on Ireland at Aviva Stadium in Ireland. Uh, No score, 15 and a half minutes played. Plenty of possession for Ireland. I don't think New Zealand's had a shot as of yet uh, Fred De is going to join us to discuss this game and also the news of uh, the A-League expansion into Auckland. That is all still to come as Ireland uh, missed a shot from inside the six-yard box. Doherty just away to the left-hand side. Uh, no score. It is, n- Oh, it is in fact, four minutes after nine o'clock. Let's rip into it.
0: Sport is our religion. And here is Smithy Sermon.
1: Now, as someone who covered the rise of the Phoenix from the time John Dow and Ian Wells had a vision to see the birth of New Zealand's first professional football club and before Terry Serapisos had his famous haircut, which led him to become their first owner, it is fair to say I feel a little more than just interested in the arrival of New Zealand's second professional football club. The APL, the Australian Professional Leagues, have announced that Auckland has been awarded full A-League licences with the men's team due to join for season 2024-25 and the women's team in 25-26. American billionaire Bill Foley is the new owner. The 78-year-old Foley has a history in sport with ownership stakes in Premier League club AFC Bournemouth in the English top tier and arguably the biggest start league in the world. FC Lyon in France's top league. He also has a stake in and most famously uh, the NHL club the Las Vegas Golden Knights sorry, Vegas Golden Knights who won the 2023 Stanley cup and have been almost uh, ever present in the playoffs since that expansion club launched just a few years ago. Now Foley fronted the media yesterday and one thing is clear, he's shooting for the stars. His ambition was obvious. I can tell you this, we will be successful, he said matter-of-factly. He then flashed his NHL championship ring promising the players he has yet to sign something similar if they win the A-League. He said a lot of things that would have been music to many ears, while also stepping into the realm of what some might argue is the fanciful. Foley is also open to a custom-built arena and told the New Zealand Herald the long-term plan would be a waterfront stadium with around 20,000 seat capacity. Oh dear, another round of Auckland waterfront stadium chat coming up for some. Hip-hip-hooray. He also promised to be one of the top spenders in the league. Of course, the A-League is a salary cap league. How can you do that? Well, there are ways to go above that limit. Foley said, we are entitled to five visa players and two marquee players. Some of the teams don't fill those spots. We will fill them all out. Wow, big promise. Sounds pretty exciting, especially the marquee idea. Who could that be? Perhaps all-white star man Chris Wood, who I believe comes off contract with English Premier League Club Nottingham Forest in the middle of next year. Just in time for the club's first tilt in the A-League. That really is just a guess, though, but fans will be doing the same, especially when it comes to those marquee spots. But this chat will be great and will generate interest. What this will certainly do is create more pathways for New Zealand talent and also provide a new bidder in that market. So local players and their paychecks will benefit. But it will make it more difficult for their now rivals, the Wellington Phoenix, to secure the best young and cost-effective talent in the country. Right now, this all sounds positive for the new Auckland teams, but it's just talk right now. And as always, the proof will be in the pudding. But my overriding thought is this. I'm just really excited at the prospect of finally seeing an All-New Zealand derby in one of the Aussie leagues that we have contributed so very much to over a very, very long time. And I say, bring it on. Eight minutes after nine o'clock. No score between Ireland and New Zealand. Nearly 20 minutes has been played at Aviva Stadium in Ireland. I'm just discombobulated. I told this to Kempi and uh, uh, Rick Dogg, who's rocking one of the best signets I've seen in a long time. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, I'm thrown by a team all in black being the home side, but it's not a game of rugby at Aviva Stadium. Louis Herman what? Ireland playing in all black green trim against the team all white so i keep looking up and thinking here we go we're attacking no we're not uh we'll find out um what fred dion the former all white long-time football commentator thinks of this performance after the game wraps up after 11 o'clock and we'll also pick his brain about uh the new franchises in auckland good morning mr louis herman what did you hold down the the water right yesterday
2: yeah yeah it was good fun yesterday i i just um as i said i come out from under a racing rock for about 10 days, so I had no idea what I was walking into. <laughs> and and uh, Australia w- completed one of the greatest c- uh, cricketing calendar years of all time. And, the, zombies. And then, the zombies. Yeah, the zombies. And um, Australian rugby was a, a, a eucalyptus tree on fire in a bushfire, so burning to the ground. So, that, look, that was kind of interesting. Um, you you t- say that you would look up and you see this team attacking in black. I wonder what colour the... Auckland, blah, 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 blah was, will be called and will wear. Um, I, I'm curious, because the Wellington Phoenix, obviously, they lent into the yellow. They've had some wonderful strips throughout the year. So I, I just, I assume they're going to go the blue route of Auckland or a teal or a silver
1: or a what something. a blue and black. A blue and black horizontal stripes, a bit like Inter Milan. Oh. Or, or, the great Mir- or the great Miramar Rangers, in my beloved home city. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like, I like tradition. I like, um, you know, whether or not they come up with a, um, a, a, a nickname. Uh, very possible, considering uh, Bill Foley's uh, past um, out of North America, where it seems like you have to have a nickname and a gimmick. Um, so, Louis, I think Louis is looking up, um, internationally now into Milan. How good is that strap, Louis? It's black amazing. Reflects Auckland a little bit. Reflects New Zealand. Bobby's sure. way. Yeah, you're an Auckland team. Yeah. Don't have New Zealand in your title and then not play around the country for a generation because you really annoy people like me. Um, So I can't wait for I just can't wait for the Derby. I can't wait also to talk some international cricket with Neil Wagner, who I think has passed through customs. We'll take a short break and then Wags the Dog is going to join us. Neil Wagner, up after this, ten minutes after nine. It is now quarter past nine. This is Mornings with Ian Smith. My name is Daniel McCarty, and unfortunately, Rick Dog and Kempy, and now Louis Herman Watt, um, has sent me down a rabbit hole, and I can't help but think of stupid football club names and what strips uh, I want to give Auckland. Um, I I could go to Ethiopia and call them the Ethiopian Coffee SC. That's actually a club, Louis. We could go to Finland and FC Santa Claus. That would target our hearts at this time of year, wouldn't it? Botswana have, I think, probably my favourite football club in the world, uh, named Miscellaneous. (laughs) There's Deportivo Moron in Argentina. FL Fart in Norway. They're all things. They are all things, Louis. I'm pretty sure we're not going to get anything uh, along that line. But uh, in all seriousness, football fans, who's got the best strip in world football? What is the best strip? Uh, I'm lobbying early for um, uh, the, the new football club to completely, completely steal Internacionales' um, idea. Uh, Ireland have taken the lead. Horrendous error by New Zealand at the back, and it's been tucked away. Um, it's 1-0 to Ireland. All right, let's uh, catch up with uh, Neil Wagner, who is soon departing with his teammates for a 2 test series against Bangladesh, which I do believe starts in six days' time, Tuesday, the 28th of November, um, they take on Bangladesh in one, uh, in two test matches. Neil Wagner joins the program from Auckland International Airport. Mr. Wagner, how are you, sir? Great, um, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Are yeah, you good, mate. Are you through security or are you in the queue? Uh, are you now in I the lounge? Right.
3: Yeah, I literally just got in the lounge, just arrived. Then a uh, bit of early oh. start this morning. Had to drive up from from Tonga. Uh, three of us, so um, yeah, quite a nice, pleasant drive. And uh, just checked in and sort of yeah, getting ready for. Uh, yeah, getting back into the swing of things with a bit of test cricket, which is quite exciting. Uh, and do you know what
1: what happens in the lounge? Do you guys talk to each other, headphones on, just t- try to disconnect? <laughs> Game of cards. No, we're not that rude. How, how does it work?
3: That, we're definitely not that rude. We don't have these phones on just yet. Um, no, just a bit of chat, bit of banter. Um, quite nice to catch up with everyone. It's been in a it's been a yeah, I guess a long time between drinks. Um, it's been quite nice to to see Kane and a few of the boys who've obviously just come back from from the World Cup and the rest of the guys are obviously over and and the UAE and, and traveling to Bangladesh too. So um, we'll catch up with them once we get there. But it's nice to see you know some of your mates and and good. Really, like I said, which is uh, quite exciting to to get back to to test cricket.
1: You guys are so used to it now, going from one sport to another, one to it to another. Uh, how do those players who played at the World Cup, look, are
3: they looking fresh or are they, that, that was a massively long tournament. Yeah, it is. I mean, some of the boys have been away for, for three months um, and obviously still uh, I mean, they and in, in Dubai at the moment I think getting ready to, to go over to Bangladesh. Um, a few guys have come back uh, who've got families and I uh, guess yeah. a few commitments on to, to come for a couple of days, um, just to refresh, I guess and regroup and, and it's quite nice to, to get that family time. I guess it just fills up those buckets, I guess that um, just get you, I guess, you know, physically, emotionally recharged to, to go and, and do the job. So, yeah, I mean, this is part of the of the job you sign up for. Um, Everyone's well and truly, really, I guess, accustomed and, and quite experienced now with, with traveling around the world and, and with busy schedules to, to be able to adapt to it. So, yeah, come uh, first training, no doubt everyone will have the ground running. It's, there's a couple of fish and. and New faces um, obviously coming in to the group that's not been around at the World Cup, and it sort of just lifts uh, the energy up again. And, and you sort of rubber face guys as well, I guess. So, yeah, I think everyone will be looking forward to, like I said, a new challenge in and, and a different format. Um, and it was the test, guys, uh, I guess, reconnecting after uh, quite a while away. Yeah, indeed. Neil Wagner is with us here on Mornings with Ian
1: Smith, Daniel McCartney, and the chair for Smithy today. Uh, you know, fast bowling stocks are always going to be lighter due to the nature of the conditions in Bangladesh. I think you were under an injury cloud when the squad was originally announced. You've got a chance with Matt Henry uh, having to withdraw. Uh, My good friend and your former uh, teammate Grant Elliott uh, rather unkindly said, yay, a fast bowler's natural reaction to being called up to Bangladesh is probably not one full of excitement, considering the conditions you're likely to get over there. But I'm like, hey, we're talking about WAGs. He'll be, he'll be he'll be absolutely thrilled to, to answer
3: that call. No, I mean any time you get a I guess a phone call to say that you you know been selected is, is I mean just the same as as the first time you get picked. Um, you never take it for granted. As, you know, that it's always a, an amazing opportunity to represent your country and play Test cricket, no matter where you go or what the conditions are like, it's a, it's another opportunity to test your skill against the best. That's why it's um, obviously called Test cricket, I reckon. So. Um, yeah, I mean to go over to Bangladesh, um, that's probably as tough as it gets. Um, for me personally that's where you want to go and, and have an impact as a it's one of the toughest places to, to 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 have an impact. So there's obviously a challenge with it but you always get excited by it. Um yeah, never nice for, for players to miss out of with injuries. Matt has been, you know, a a huge part of his team and, and played extremely well in the last little while and, and pretty gutted for him too to miss out that way. So, um, yeah, yeah I mean, injuries happen and, and it's unfortunate, but at the same time, there's an the opportunity for you to go and, and, and get amongst it and, um you know, maybe contribute and, and play some, some sort of role in, into winning a Test match over there.
1: Well, it's been over 10 years since New Zealand's played a Test series in Bangladesh, if I'm not mistaken. You were there, Neil. You, you played one of those Tests. You did really well. You picked up a five for seven wickets in the game. So, uh, what? I know it's ten years ago, but i I, I doubt conditions are vastly different, so you 've got a pretty good grasp of
3: what works over there yeah, this is my third time going to Bangladesh so i 've been lucky to be there before and, and I guess experienced those conditions, so I guess that's quite handy knowing you know knowing what you're going to come across and, and I guess how to skin the cat over there so um, yeah, it is different um, I did you know enjoyed the test match I played there last time. And, um, yeah, like you say, it's a long time ago now, 10 years ago, I think you're a different bowler in a different way um, than what you were now, so hopefully I can recall on those experiences if needed, um, and it's called upon to be to be able to, yeah, deliver a job. Like I said, it's just um, nice to be able to, to be with the test boys again, um, to be in the fold, and like I said, it's different for fast bowlers there, but it's an exciting challenge in that too, as your roles change in and, and different roles, um, and to try and make the spinners as effective as they can. There's the whole I guess, partnership bowling and, and, and and, and bits and pieces that, that change a little bit throughout the world. But we're lucky that we've got an ex- experienced group who've um, travelled around the world now. And uh, I mean, last time we were in Pakistan, it's sort of similar conditions and similar sort of, I guess, situation. Um, so it's quite nice to just go back and regroup with those sort of things and, and find methods of, of being, being effective over there and, and, and challenging them. Neil, the last two tests you
1: played, quite extraordinary. Uh, You win by two wickets, you know, with time running out against Sri Lanka. That incredible test against England at the Basin Reserve. Utterly heart-stopping. I don't know how much you guys aged as players in those, but I know we fans did. Um, Amazing. Um, Please, please, can you not make it as tight this time?
3: (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty special test matches to be a part of, to be honest. Um, Yeah, the England one is one, it's obviously... You know, stick in the memory box for a very long time to come and, and yeah. obviously Sri Lanka to be there with Kane at the end um it's pretty special like it was a yeah pretty I guess uh thrilling test match to be a part of um right down to the wire but it's uh also you know pretty cool in test matches to, to have those sort of games that go right down the wire the hard work you've got to put in for five days it's um it's pretty special again you know over the line uh when it gets so close so um Pretty pretty rewarding. So, yeah, no. I, ideally, wouldn't want to go that, that close. But, yeah, it's going to be tough <laughs> in Bangladesh. No we know that we'll be up against, uh, you know, a good team in our own conditions. And that's a tough place to tour. It's a tough place to go and win over there. And no doubt that, you know, we'll draw on every ounce of experience that we've got um, from playing in those conditions to, to hopefully not make it that close. Hopefully, um, yeah, whichever way it comes in, if it is the last ball, if we can get a win, we'll definitely take it that way. So, um, yeah, hopefully not too many grey hairs. Um, but yeah, it'll be quite exciting to, to obviously, like I said, get out the ground running and, and try and find a way of, of competing and and, and and contributing and making sure we can, you know, I guess, uh, play a good brand of cricket in those conditions against a, a pretty formidable t- a team in their, in their own conditions. So if we can go over there and, and win a test match, it'll be pretty special. Uh, your last contribution that we remember was called flying through the air to get you,
1: you, to get home at the Strikers' end to secure that win against Sri Lanka, uh, considering your body had sort of uh, given up on you on day number three, if I'm not mistaken. It was probably the most famous naught from naught I'm going to remember in my lifetime. <laughs> but, you know, it was incredible, and, and it sort of sums you up, and I think the New Zealand public loved that about you, Neil. But I've got to ask, when, when you got home, were you thinking the, the worst as far as the injury bug? Um, you you knowing the number next to your age, that, oh dear, are these chances
3: might be few and far between? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people talk about age and uh, throw the age, I guess, the number around. Um, yeah, I, I mean, last year I was quite surprised by it, but I mean, yeah, it is no surprise. I am getting older, um, and I guess the numbers are ticking, but for me, age is just a number. I think it's just about how you look after your body, um, you know, doing the hard work. So I guess as soon as, soon as long as you have the the drive and the motivation to try and keep contributing and keep getting better, and uh, I guess and wanting to win test matches, um, the drives there to get you out of bed and to do the hard work and yeah. perfectly possible. I've been fortunate and lucky enough in, in my career not to have many injuries, and this is the first time that I had an, an injury that's kept me out that long. And the first thing is, prone to age, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys in their twenties and low twenties that have the injuries that I'm only getting now, so uh, I'm pretty lucky with that. Um, the body is feeling pretty good at the moment. Um, and, and have done the hard work to obviously be where I'm at. So yeah, I mean yeah, the age is as for me personally just a number but there's no secret that the end is sort of probably coming uh, I guess nearer. Um but as long as I can, you know, do the job that I'm that's required and, and hopefully do it to the best of my ability and contribute to T Swins for New Zealand um whenever I'm gonna be asked upon or, you know, I guess given that opportunity, um just to try and make the most of it. Uh, it's uh, your career short lived and and every test match for New Zealand is pretty special. So um, definitely want to make the most of it and, and as long as I can. So, yeah, hopefully I can contribute, like I said, and, and play, uh, I guess, a special part in, in some performances. But like I said, that's why you put the hard work in and, and do what you do for your body to be able to to take that hammering.
1: 258 test wicket speaks for itself here, Wags. Um, but England especially came at you hard, didn't they? Uh, you got the last laugh of that forfa in the second innings at Wellington, in fact you picked 11, 11 wickets in those two test matches but they really did come at your heart, so are, are you still evolving as a bowler, you know what what tricks have you had to add?
3: Yeah I mean you're always evolving as a bowler, I think yeah, you do have your strengths and there's some you know, some stuff you always stick to, do your guns and your strengths like you know it but you always try and work on different I guess areas of game to get better, I mean otherwise you may as well throw to the towel in a couple of years ago, I think you always try and improve your game, get stronger if it is swinging the ball or working out a different sort of ball, but just being consistent in your areas and being able to do the job uh, for longer periods of time. So, yeah, there's there's no surprise that England came hard. I think, you know, knowing Brendan was in, in their change room, a guy that I've played a lot of cricket with um, and, and had, as a captain in, in, in my team, there was no doubt that that was going to be a philosophy that they were going to do um, and how they were going to come and, yeah, to be on them. They played it really well. They came pretty hard. They had a a pretty good game plan on it, but also created opportunities for me to get wickets and, and to do what I did and, and, and you know, play, play a part and contributing to a pretty special test win. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you've got to look at it and go, you know, play to the opposition when they've done well and the way they've played it, but and other times you also got to stick to 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 what you do well and, and do good and, and just find a way of, I guess, combating that against them. So, there's no surprise they are going to come hard. Um, and like I said, critical records do you. Sometimes, you know, our opposition is allowed to play well. But for me, yeah, you're always working on improving your game and, and bringing something different. I've worked on swinging the ball. And um, I, I guess in, in this part of the wall reverse swing is going to be a big thing. And that's something that's been a strength of mine in the past. So hopefully, yes. uh, you know, you can explore those sort of conditions if, if it does come up and and when called upon. But it's just summing up those conditions and um, whatever gets thrown in front of you is to do it to the best of your ability. So I, by no means do I feel like a... A one-trick pony but uh, yeah you do obviously work to your strengths but you also try and evolve your game and 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 i guess make sure that you're strong in all areas that whatever is recalled or, or asked upon you to be able to deliver that you do it um at a high i guess level and and at a level that can uh, contribute to testaments in New Zealand cricket and that's been my ultimate drive and will always be that way and hopefully i can continue doing that uh, last one from me, uh,
1: it obviously came out of the hand quite nicely in your last game for Northern against uh, Otago, 4-for-62 in that um, you know match-defining innings uh, to wrap up the victory, defending sort of a small target. Uh, after one, Neil Wagner got 40 with the bat. I've got to get that in, uh, Neil. Uh, you want me to mention that. So it obviously came out pretty good.
3: Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, it's been, been uh, like I said, I mean, it's the first time I've had injuries. I didn't have injuries at the start of the season. Uh, the scans all came back clear. It was... Um, it was more precaution than anything else to try and make sure that I'm ready. I guess I've called upon this test, uh, series to be ready. Um, so, yeah, it was more precaution in that sense and, and, and making sure that I was okay. Um, but, yeah, the body's feeling good. It's coming out quite nicely. Um, it's just now trying to get it cricket under the belt to, to play enough cricket. You know, as a bowler, you sometimes need to, I guess, get that engine moving and, 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 and fine-tuning is, is just by like bowling. The more more you bowl, the more you play, the more... Uh, I guess that rig uh, keeps going and, and working nicely. So uh, it's coming out nicely. Batting has been something I've worked really hard on and, and been on the proof. So it was nice to contribute with a couple of, uh, I guess, much needed runs. And, um, yeah, nice to play that part of the bat. It's something I've put a lot of pride in throughout my career to try and contribute not just as, as a bowler but in, in every that I do on the, on, on the park. So, um, yeah, it was nice to, to get a good result in for Northern Districts and, and I guess, get some confidence from that leading forward um, into this series. So, definitely keep the confidence for that and like i said it's been coming out nicely but it's just uh, summing up those conditions when called upon and yeah. given the opportunity to to make the most of it well the airport
1: lounge food is uh calling i'll let you go thank you very very much make sure you tell the batters in bangladesh take their stopwatches, get to the middle scratch <laughs> their guard and be ready to face the ball within two minutes uh you know that, that, that that's, that's a big part of their game that's a big part of their game plan now neil we look forward to seeing you back in white, the whole team back in white, and uh, do us a favour, um, make it more comfortable. We all aged so much last time. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate that. That is uh, Neil Wagner joining us live from Auckland International Airport as the Black Caps are about to head off for a two-game series against Bangladesh. It all starts on Tuesday, four thirty. Uh, is the first baller, if I'm not mistaken. I am reading the New Zealand Cricket website, so I, I trust they know what day their Test matches start. Uh, yeah, 28th of November before they uh, take on Bangladesh in the uh, second Test match, Wednesday the 6th of December. Uh, great to hear Neil, Neil Wagner. Man alive, Louis Herman. what That guy has given every inch of himself for our team and the cause over the years. And and I just love, you know, he's approaching 38. He's 38 in a few months. Oh, the way, the way he talks is like, I'm just going to keep going. And you know what? It would not shock me if he's still bowling fast at age 40. He's an incredible Nick. He's always been very, very fit. Um, yeah. He, he's a you wonderful said, servant. You said the most
2: famous naught off naught. I was there at Hagley because obviously that day. Oh, were you? It was,
1: yeah, because it got. Remember, it oh, was raining for. It. Because I was driving through, you know, Transmission Gully. You've heard of that road. Love it. We're very happy. Not great radio reception. Nah. Um, and it was it was dropping in and out, in and out. It was utterly excruciating for this cricket fan. And I missed the last few balls. Um, and I had no idea what had happened. I had to go back and watch it. Uh, you were there. Describe that to me. And it's like Ooh. what he did there on one leg just sums up what Neil Wagner has given. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to recall, was it the last two days,
2: I think it was the 4th and the 5th day, or was definitely the 5th morning was out, with. it looked like the test was going to be done because of the rain, and then at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, or 2.30, all of a sudden the clouds started going, and then it's that classic thing in a sporting town where it's like, hold on, like, we're on here. How many balls can oh, – what, what, what time can they play to? Okay, how many balls does that make it? And then they obviously needed the chase, and it was pretty much they had to go – they had to go one a ball for a lot of, the, a lot of it. And um, Daryl Mitchell was outstanding. Obviously, Kane Williamson was outstanding. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I think Tom Latham had a knock. And so anyway, we just all biked into the city. And and the amount of people on their way home from work was that classic thing. Oh, the cricket's free. Let's just see how many people we can get in. You see people running into the Hagley Oval trying to catch the last of it. Lights fading. The most dramatic thing I remember is the last bull. So it was getting excruciating. The last bull. I feel like Tim Southey hauled out when he didn't need to. Then the last bull, they turned the lights on. They hadn't turned the lights on. They had not used the lights yet, oh, and then the last weird, bull...
4: it's
1: doof, a weird
2: roll, lo- boom, and you can boom, see and everyone's like, everyone's like, what's going on? And then they run, and and to the eye, it looked like, um, it looked like he'd been run out. It looked like he had been run out, and then the big screen comes in. They do the slow motion and just the utter jubilation. Best probably one of the top two live, top two or three live sporting moments we've ever seen. Just amazing. Yeah.
1: Well, considering this was. The first test after the the test of the basin reserve I, I, incredible you talk about the drama, yeah I, I guess that's that's part of the charm of following the black gaps. they really do take you on a ride, don't they they really do ups and downs all over the shops are fantastic and Neil Wagner um you know what a contributor to New Zealand cricket. Law and law may it continue so originally not selected because he was under an injury cloud. Obviously, that probably annoyed him. He gets out uh, against his old team, Otago, um, picks up a forfer, um goes in for Matt Henry, who's uh, been ruled out, um, and he gets to tour Bangladesh again. Ten, ten years since we were last with there. Uh, last there. I, I think it's always been an awkward place to tour. Um, I don't think we have had a swag of success. No, we drew the two match series in um, 2013. It was two draws. We also drew... Uh, one in 2008, but won that series 1-0. And when Bangladesh was sort of a developing nation, New Zealand had two very comfortable wins back in 2004. All right, uh, you've, heard from, you've heard from Neil Wagner. Uh, if you just want to talk about Neil Wagner and tell us Neil Wagner stories, I'm here for it. 0800-150-811, uh, incredib- incredible contributor, gets a call up. Um, if you want to talk about that series, if you want to pick a Test Match 11, feel free. That's quite an interesting one, but that guy, Ruch, and Ravindra are uh, really... Um throwing his hands up, both hands very high, waving them around furiously. Um, How do you fit him into the side, a side that has had uh, pretty good results um, and individual performances? Uh, Let me know, 800 What else uh, could we discuss? Well, you may want to talk about the uh, the start-up of the uh, the Auckland uh, franchise. I'm not sure there'll be huge engagement on this right now, Louis. I I think once the team, um, like, the name is out, uh, the coach is announced, I think that's when it starts to become very real. But if you're in the Auckland footballing community, how exciting is this? Um, and here is an odd one: it, if you're an Auckland football fan, I guess you've been a Wellington Phoenix fan. What happens now? Do you have to, do you divorce the Phoenix? Like do you have to send a letter saying I'm sorry, dear Wellington, but I'm going to have to call this. I'm going to have to call time on this, this this loving, wonderful relationship at the end of the current season. The new young, the the new young,
2: the new younger yeah. girlfriend's on the scene.
1: Well, yeah, what do you do if you're an Auckland football fan and you've kind of been invested in, in the Wellington Phoenix because they've at least turned up and played reasonably regularly. They're playing this weekend, oddly, aren't they, at Mount Smart, which is going to be yeah. the future home yeah. of the Auckland side.
2: yeah. That is interesting. And I'll ask you, because you've been involved with that club, and as you said, going back to the Sarah Pesos days, I mean, you you know the, the origins of this club and the DNA of it. I mean, how, how do Wellington Phoenix fans feel
1: about this? Are they, like, bring it on? Are they, like, get off our corner? I I feel like bring it on, because I think it's going to be good for New Zealand sport. It'll be good for eyeballs. Um, you know, the, the cynic in me thinks, well, well done, Auckland. Auckland media will be behind you. They haven't always been, um, as far as covering the Wellington Phoenix, I would argue. Um Wellington Phoenix fan, answer Louis's question. How do you feel about it? Is this good? Get off our lawn. <laughs> uh I'd love to 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 speak to you about those uh topics. Uh oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Uh feel free to join in on the fun. Uh anything up for grapes. Open line talk about the hint is always in the name. Um it's 22 away from 10. I've got to get to a break. Stay with us. Good man, Scott. I love the psychology of uh, fandom. Uh, you know, what do you do? Wellington Phoenix fans based in Auckland. Are you, are you, are you engaging the lawyer now? Sorry, uh, this wonderful relationship comes to an end. Good Dean.
5: Yeah, mate, I don't, I'm not a football. I'm a sports fan in general, but I'll tell you what. I'm not a real fan of much that happens in Auckland because it, it, the city that fails just continues to fail, but I'm lucky enough to be doing a bit of... Building work over in the mighty Central Otago, and I lived here many moons ago. And football here, because of all the different demographic of people, if there was going to be a second team and you wanted it to work, I don't know who's invested the money in this, but if you had to come to Central Otago with the money, I read what it might have worked. I can't see it working in Auckland. They don't support anything now. You get everything up there because all your media outlets are up there, but no one goes. Look at the softball World Cup, absolute flop. The Warriors, 28 years of whatever of absolute rubbish. Like it's, I, don't, I hope it works, as say, but I don't, I'll put money that doesn't. There you go. Whereas I come to Queenstown, where everyone wants to come, and the only place with growth economy, growth people, growth everything, can't build anything fast enough here, there's a golden opportunity and you're taking it to Auckland. It's nuts. Absolute
1: nuts. What's the, what's the population of Queenstown? 30,000? Yeah, who cares? It's got a great catchment. <laughs> I've it. <laughs> got 1.4 million reasons to tell you why it might work in Auckland. And yeah, the guy, Bill Foley, has it's got it's 1.8 it's billion bucks. I'll
5: put a... Yeah, that, that's... That, that, the, the, the investor's good. That's great. You've got the money. But I'll put a bottle of wine on as a flop. Okay, don't anyone care? Okay, don't so, know,
1: so any how, when, what do you define flop? How much time before I have to collect? It will definitely be a, a, a central Otago Pinot Noir that I will choose. And it might not be from Bill Foley's state.
5: I, I, I couldn't care less which one. i probably worked on half the venue, so I don't care. But um, I'll get it cheap. But um, well, you yeah, will <laughs> I, I, I hope it works. I hope it works. But football is a, its its huge in these parts because of all the, you know, the European people that have decided to live here.
1: So. Yeah, there's a huge playing base in Auckland, though. Um, and, and you know what? Unfortunately, good on you, Dean. Appreciate your thoughts. And I understand the scepticism, right? Uh, maybe you're a little bit coloured by the first or two iterations of the first professional football clubs, but they they were awful, weren't they? They were dreadful. And, and you know, did they really do enough to capture the imagination of their fan base? And I would think um, the world's changed quite a bit since the Knights and the Kings were flailing around. Um I'm prepared to give it a go. I, I hope it does work. I hope it does work. And Imagine if Chris Wood sign, get signed. You know, he ticks all those boxes as a marquee, right? Don't think they, have the Wellington Phoenix ever signed a marquee? I'm not sure they have. I, I can't think. I know there's been like, you know, Australian marquee, but not a true marquee in the, in the sense of a Dwight York who helped Sydney FC win the inaugural competition. Someone of that out, Chris Wood, ticks all those boxes. Like, people would get out to watch him for at least a few games. Right, Louis? I hope it goes well. And you know what? Chris, this Chris, Chris, Chris Wood. I force the Wellington Phoenix to do a few different things.
2: Mate, Chris Wood coming back, that is genuinely like the equivalent of Stephen Adams coming to play for the Breakers. That would be monumentous. That would be pretty, ginormous. Yeah. Like, we're talking, Chris, with the guy that you and me, we just recently had a bit of like a oh my God moment when we retrospectively looked back at his career, which is still going on. And we've kind of all, it's all dawned on us at the same time that this guy is a modern day great. Uh, Who, I just wanted to lob this one out there. Do you know who would be worried about this? New Zealand rugby, Auckland based rugby franchises, because all we hear is basketball, football growing. Paddy Gow sent the country into a spiral about rugby earlier, earlier this year. And a franchise in a city where the Blues already really, really struggle in Moana Pacifica, early doors has struggled to get big, consistent viewership. I think they would be worried.
1: Yeah. And, and having covered both uh, Super Rugby and A-League for a very, very long time, I can tell you as far as a fan experience, all you need is 6,000 fans to make it better than a 20,000 um, rugby crowd Fact. How do I know this? I was sidelined for years. I heard it. I saw it. I witnessed it. I felt it. Um, yet you can you can quibble over the size of the crowds at uh, Sky Stadium and count all those yellow seats you want on television. But uh, Phoenix, Phoenix fans um, have made it a really enjoyable experience. And, and I hope, and I'm sure it will be something similar when the side kicks off. Uh, we've got to get to a break. It's already nine minutes away from ten. Keep your thoughts coming in. Hello, Simon. Welcome to the show. Thanks for holding. too, yeah, Daniel.
5: Thanks very much. Hey, um, you talked about Chris. What, does he play for Bournemouth
1: now in the DPL or not? No, he's Nottingham Forest. He's with Nottingham Forest. And oh. like, I could be mistaken. I thought he was coming off contract at the end of the season. I, I might be wrong on that because it was a complicated deal. Oh. Riches alone then became permanent. Like He's still only 31, mate. I, if I'm honest, I, I would imagine he thinks he's still got a couple of years left in Europe. But if this guy's yeah. talking a big game, why not start there? At least ask. Yeah. Well, that's the team that he owns in the UPL. but he owns them.
4: Yeah. Uh, the, the new guy. So I was
5: thinking if that was the case, would you
1: think Danny Hay would be the coach? Um, I hadn't really thought about the coach. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of compelling options. Danny would be in the mix. Um It'll be interesting to see it. It sounds like it's not going to be too long before they announce it, Simon. i have only got 10 months
5: before they kick off, so it's going to be an interesting time, but certainly if he was involved, there'd be quite a few young Kiwi guys
1: that would want to come back and play for him by the sound of it. Yeah, I'd heard Dez Buckingham, who, um, of course, is just linked up with Oxford. Uh, Chris Greenacre, I'd heard, who's with the Wellington Phoenix. Um, so it'll be interesting. Thanks, Simon. I've uh, got to fly. We'll try and sneak in one more. Uh, Chris, thanks, Simon. Appreciate it. G'day, Chris. Thanks for holding. Uh, hey, man. Yeah, just quickly. I know you're Um But, yeah, I think it's
6: awesome. It's another Auckland team. Um, I live on the outskirts of, outskirts of Auckland, but I've been watching the Knicks ever since they started, so I'm not changing. <laughs> I cannot change it. I yeah. too much history with the Knicks. <laughs> Way too much history. That's um, my boy. Nah, I, yeah, and I'm not changing nothing. I, I can't help that. I just love them too much. Um, uh. But it's cool to see, though. I mean, it means I can go see yeah. a cool rivalry if it happens, and I'll be waving the Knicks, flame for sure, uh, Knicks flag for sure. But it's good for the women's game, too. My daughter plays soccer, and it's good for her. I mean, it's another... I try and get her to watch the girls' teams just to encourage her to, you know, you can... And now there's another pathway as well. So it's good for the other players in the A-League as well, I think. Um, I think it's just awesome. Yeah, this is great news. Fantastic news. And it could, oh, puts pressure I think on the, the other in Auckland.
1: It does. It puts pressure on your club, Chris, doesn't it? It puts pressure on yeah, your club. Yeah, it puts pressure
6: on. And um, it also takes pressure off at the same time, where it's now not only the Knicks that have to represent, got this big job of thinking that, oh, we have to go and play in Auckland because we have to represent New Zealand. No, they don't have to now. They can just focus on Wellington and, well, and all the other people that have loved them since they started.
1: Good on you, Chris. That's awesome. So you'll go yeah. see this Auckland side, but when they play Wellington, it's black and yellow front to back,
4: or... We'll Yellow oh, 100%. Black, right no, black.
6: I'm not changing yeah. now. Like I said, there's I so much history with that Wellington and I've loved them ever since they come in. Even when I get a chance to watch them, I'm always like, oh, the Knicks are on. You know, we've got to, we've got to support them. So I don't think I'll ever change that now. just can't. Just, don't you know, sign those pool.
1: divorce papers. Don't sign them, Na- Chris. Nothing. Don't sign <laughs> them. No. <laughs> good on you, brother. We're getting the Oscar wind-up uh, music. Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I was always taught by my father, God rest his soul. Daniel, once you've got a team, stick with it, mate even when they suck. Uh, well, there's hes Still with you, Wellington Phoenix. Back after the news, talk, with mornings with Ian Smith. Uh, Minus Smith, he's winging his way back and literally paced from the Cricket World Cup. He will be back with um, you next week on Monday, to be exact. Until then, it'll be me through to the end of the week alongside Louis Herman Watt. Uh, Braden's with us today. Let's head to the United States. Let's talk some LA sports, shall we? Uh, We're delighted to welcome in uh, Michael Duarte. Hope I pronounced that correctly, Michael. How are you doing today?
0: Guys, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I hope everyone's doing well out there uh, in New Zealand.
1: Uh, Michael, of course, from NBC in LA, finger on the pulse. Any jealousy in LA when you looked across to Las Vegas over the weekend at the Formula
0: One going, We can't have Las Vegas upset us. I mean, there was some jealousy that I wasn't there to partake in some of the fun <laughs> festivities that it looked like were going on. I had a busy sports week myself in Los Angeles. Obviously, the Rams were playing USC-UCLA, the battle for Los Angeles in college football uh, on Saturday, and then some Lakers games, uh, including a play-in tournament game. Their very first one uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies on Tuesday. We got to see that new court, that yellow and purple uh Insane NBA in season tournament courts that all the teams are playing with this year. So that was the first time we got to see that with the Lakers. But I'll tell you something from, from feet on the ground, coworkers, colleagues that were out there for the F1 Formula Race, it was a disaster for Las Vegas. Uh, a lot of hype around it, a lot of glitz and glamour building up that racetrack and race course. Even Max Verstappen himself said, you know, to get fans in the United States into Formula One, Uh, as it's kind of a very fast-growing sport here. I recently got into it in the last three years around the pandemic when I first started getting into it myself. You know, you really want to have your eyes on the race and and what's at stake and the emotions and feelings of it, not the glitz and glamour of Las Vegas making it a show. And from what I was told for that that practice heat the day before that got canceled because of an accident, uh, fans were upset about that. Uh, Restaurants and businesses were empty down there. Hotel prices were dropping. And uh, a lot of fans didn't end up showing up because they were told there was just going to be so much traffic to stay away from the Strip. So uh, hopefully in the, in the next years, I know they've had it there in Vegas two years previously, hopefully it'll get better in the future because it wasn't that great of a debut uh, for them.
4: Uh,
1: you talked about the battle for Los Angeles in the collegiate football uh, realm. I, I don't know a whole lot, Michael, but I do know the Trojans generally are decent. Are UCLA supposed to beat them like they did?
0: Oh, definitely not. Uh, And in fact, USC, obviously, who had championship uh, aspirations this season after their success last season, making it to the Pac-12 championship game. You know, their struggles last year was on the defensive end of the ball. They gave up a lot of points, but they led the entire college football landscape in turnovers. Uh, This year, they weren't getting the turnovers, so they were still allowing 40, sometimes 50 points per game on the defensive end. After losing to number five Washington and giving up 52 points to them, they fired the defensive coordinator uh, and then went into this UCLA game losing four out of five. They were supposed to beat UCLA. They were the favorite. But things have been coming unraveled. The wheels have been falling off the bus for USC. Like I mentioned, they didn't have their defensive coordinator. He was fired. And so UCLA just wanted it more in this game. They were playing for their coach's future. uh, Chip Kelly, who had rumored to be on the hot seat, potentially fired if he lost to USC. So it looked like UCLA's Players rallied around their coach to, to beat USC, their rivals, uh, and, and it was a big win for them that potentially could give their coach a stay of execution for another year, whereas USC now is going to look to find a new defensive coordinator to completely remake that defense for next year when they go to the Big 12 and the years beyond.
1: Well, Let's move off me going on tangents and you dealing with them with utter aplomb. Michael Duarte from uh, NBC LA with us. Let's talk about the Lakers uh, the in-season tournament, a new addition to the NBA. We had a good long chat last week on the show to get our head around it. We've got a, a matchup today between the Lakers and the Utah side. How's the
0: tournament being received, you feel? Yeah, you know, I think there was some trepidation among fans originally regarding this tournament. Like, you know, we've never seen this before. We've never done it. What does it mean? Uh, I think adding the new courts, even though some of these courts are eyesores, and I know the Lakers are at oh, home tonight. Time. But if you get a chance, if you get a chance to see the Utah Jazz's purple, lilac, lavender court, uh, that's a very interesting. <laughs> it looks like they're playing inside of a flower when I watch them. Uh, like I said, you're going to be on the Lakers' home court tonight. But if you do get a chance to see the Jazz's court in the future, you'll see. So some of them are eyesores. The Lakers, not so much. It's purple and gold, uh, and so it looks pretty good in my opinion compared to some of the other ones I see. But to answer your question, this is kind of the NBA is trying to look toward the future, look towards growing the game internationally and taking a page out of soccer or football, as you guys call it out there, the Champions League tournament, this amazing in-season tournament that in some regards, especially when you're looking at, you know, say the French League One or Italian Serie A, when there's a team like uh, Juventus in the past or PSG right now, when they're just kind of guaranteed to win the league and other teams are not really playing for much, the Champions League for some of these teams becomes the real tournament uh, to see who can beat the best of the best in Europe. And so that's what the NBA is trying to model this after. And the biggest thing here was incentive. So they put a financial incentive in place for the players. If you win the tournament, you win a million dollars per player. Now, I know LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they're making like 40, 50 million a year. They don't need an extra million dollars. But some of these guys on the Lakers team that are on two-way contracts, they go down to the G League, they go up to the team. A million dollars for them is life-changing money uh, when they're, you know, making a few hundred thousand at best or, you know, even less than that this season. So a lot of these superstars want to win for those guys so they can get that million dollars each. Uh, And so far what I've seen is in these tournament games, which take place every Tuesday and Friday night. Uh, the effort level seems to be picked up than what you would normally see in a regular season game this early in the season. Uh, and right now the Lakers are perfect in the in-season tournament in group play. Uh, it's the same group play format that, format that you'd see like in Champions League or even in a World Cup. Uh, and they're perfect right now. They're leading the group. And uh, this, this game against the Utah Jazz is going to hope to continue to keep them perfect uh, and, and then potentially get them that number one seed to advance to the second round. Uh, Michael, hold there. I just need to
1: quickly update our audience. Uh, New Zealand, the All Whites have equalised against Ireland in their international football friendly at Aviva Stadium in Dublin. It's now the All Whites one, Ireland one. Matt Garbutt with the goal on the hour mark. We've got sixty-five minutes played. The All Whites is our national football team. I'm not at a Trump rally, uh, by the way, Uh, uh, Michael. If you're (laughs) you're a little bit confused, if you're if you're a little bit, yeah, I know. Uh, No, I don't worry. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're very, you're very well uh, versed in the realm of football or soccer. Uh, I'll return serve on that front. Hey, LeBron James, like seriously, at that guy's age, he should not be doing what he's doing, or should he? Because he is LeBron, after all. Um, he's really changed the goalpost for old athletes, hasn't he? And is there any reason in particular he's
0: shooting so well this season? You think? Well, I think the biggest thing is it's start of the year. It's no secret. And I actually wrote an article about this for for your listeners. If they want to head over to NBC, Los and just look up LeBron James diet and workout routine. I spent some time with LeBron in the off season to find out what goes in, in his 21st season about to be in just about a month from now, uh, 39 years old, what goes into him in his body and how to take care of himself and how to stay in the best shape and when you see his diet in the offseason how strict he is on what he's eating no sugars no processed foods uh usually just fish and salads in the offseason to lean down his workout routine in between what he's doing to build muscle to build leg strength to be able to sprint back and forth which they say lebron runs close to six miles per game just going back and forth on the court and then the, rehab, the recovery process, ice baths, uh, a glass of wine at night, massages, um, massage gun therapy, cryotherapy, uh, the leg compression sleeves that he wears. All of it goes into his routine. And so right now to start the season, he's healthy. Uh, no injuries, knock on wood uh, so far. And that's why you're seeing him do something that nobody has ever done in their 21st season or more in the NBA at the age he's doing it at. Um, I think only Dirk Nowitzki was the player who, at his age and the 21st season, averaged double-digit points, and LeBron is averaging close to 30 points per game. So he's absolutely shattering any player of that time frame in the NBA and as far as age is concerned in the NBA. And I think for LeBron James – uh, and we'll probably talk about this as we talk about NFL football coming up next. Health is the most important thing when it comes to LeBron James and when it comes to the Lakers, because we have to include Anthony Davis uh, in that in that category as well. So for me right now, he's coming in healthy, and it's because of all the work he's done on his body, in uh, his recovery process, and his diet. Uh, he's going to continue to do that throughout the season. And And also in that article I mentioned, I'm not trying to promote myself, but it talks about his diet before the season, during the season, and then he even changes it in the playoffs, adding more pastas, adding more carbs, because you play so frequently, you're just burning so many calories, he needs to get more and more calories uh, and more energy to be able to play in those high intense playoffs. So it's a very interesting read. uh, And it was interesting for me just to follow him and shadow him and be able to see everything he does and all the time, money and effort he puts in. Uh, There was a rumor that it was about a million dollars. I would say it's closer to three to five million he puts into his body, his recovery and his diet wow. uh, every year, every year.
1: Wow. that that's incredible. I will check that out, Michael. Thank you so much. And there's no, nothing wrong with it, a bit shame with self-promotion, especially if it's that fascinating a topic. Um, you know, for our listeners, LeBron James's counting stats are basically the same as when he first won an NBA title. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's, mm-hmm. it's mind, it's mind numbing. Uh, really how far can he take them though? Um, Do they need a third star or is that era
0: of three, you know, the big three era officially done in the NBA? You know, that's the big question. We're talking about uh, the big three, the Los Angeles Clippers, the other team in Los Angeles just traded for James Harden and now have a big four uh, and four superstars who all were born and raised and grew up in Los Angeles, which is kind of what they're advertising and marketing here in, in the LA market. We're talking about Russell Westbrook, James Harden, I just mentioned. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, all Southern California natives, born and raised here in the L.A. area, went to high school here in in Los Angeles. And now they're together trying to do something that's never been done before and win the Clippers a title. So forget a big three. The Clippers right now have a big four. Uh, They all play smaller positions. Nobody's, you know, over seven feet tall. So they're going to have to figure out how they can all play together and how they can be successful on the court without that height advantage. But, you know, LeBron James... When he looked at the NBA landscape a couple years ago, and he saw what was then a, a, a big three in, in Brooklyn with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, and James Harden at the time, obviously that broke up and now none of them are there. But he thought the Lakers needed three superstars. So he told the front office and Rob Palenka to go trade for Russell Westbrook. Now that experiment didn't work out. What Rob Palenka was able to do at the trade deadline last season was blow it up, trade Russell Westbrook away, get his contract off the books, and bring in depth, bring in what the Lakers really need around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And that's three and D, what we call it here in the U.S. That's three-point shooting and guys that play defense, especially defense on the perimeter. So we're talking very long guys that can contest shots, that can block shots in this new NBA, which is a lot about three-point shooting. And then as you saw, once they kind of gelled and got healthy, they had a very deep playoff run, making it all the way to the Western Conference Finals where they got swept by the Denver Nuggets. So this year, you brought in some new pieces. You brought back guys that were very important to that 3-and-D success around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I think right now, I mean, at this time, they were well below 500. Right now, they're 8-and-6, and they're in sixth place. And, you know, they're not too far out of the top three in the Western Conference. So I don't think they need that third superstar yet. I know they've been intrigued about Zach Levine, who looks like he's going to be traded away from the Chicago Bulls. I know they, if the Bulls do decide to blow up that roster and rebuild, the Lakers could be interested in a reunion with Alex Caruso on that team, and they might be willing to trade for him. But for me, I think they want to see how this plays out here until about January, February, before they decide, do they need a third superstar? But the most important thing is depth and 3&D and guys around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And just to tell you guys, The Lakers' three-point shooting has been pretty atrocious to start the season, despite the fact they have really good three-point shooters around them. So when those guys start hitting those shots, I think the Lakers will be even better. And I think, depending on what the Phoenix Suns do, you want to talk about a big three, they have a big three in Phoenix right now with Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker. And they're coached by the Lakers' old championship coach in Frank Vogel. So uh, that's a team they're looking at. Obviously, the Nuggets are the, the class of the Western Conference and of the NBA, frankly, with, with Nikola Jokic. Uh, Jamal Murray's hurt right now. He's going to miss a month, so I think the Nuggets are going to fall a little bit. The Lakers are going to try to catch him. But to me, it's those three teams I just mentioned the Nuggets, the Lakers, and the Suns that are going to be coming out of the West and playing for a championship come next summer. A couple more.
1: Let's get on to the NFL. Uh, where, as you've already hinted at, the medical staffs around the league appear to be the most important people at the moment. It's been extraordinary. Those sort of dropping mm-hmm. away. Um, you know, are the Rams still alive in this? Is there a bit of a pulse to be found as those injuries sort of open the eyes of many franchises to think maybe we're not done?
0: Yeah, guys, I feel bad for, for your New Zealand fans out there. As you said, they're watching the All Whites right now. But uh, if they like watching American football, in my opinion, they've seen a pretty mediocre product on the field this year. Um, me personally, I haven't seen this bad of football across the league in in many, many years. And we can attribute it mostly to injuries. Obviously, there's been some changes that don't allow some of the same hits and uh, defensive plays that we've seen in the past. And maybe some bad habits have have been uh, occurring over time because of those new rules and and new penalties they've been given. But to me, it's more injuries. Like we're talking about teams that are on their second and third string quarterbacks. The New York Giants, by the way, have a quarterback that lives at home with his mother. In uh, Tommy DeVito there in New Jersey, his mom's still doing his laundry and cooking his meals and making his bed, and then he turns around and he, he wins games for an NFL team like he just did this last Sunday. So injuries have been really the concern, especially at the quarterback position. So what I've been seeing in the, in the league this year across the, the, the board is it really feels top heavy. Teams like the Eagles, the Lions, the 49ers, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs just seem to be so far above everybody else in the league. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's another rematch between the Eagles and Chiefs, which we just saw here on Monday Night Football yesterday, uh, in the Super Bowl again this year. But to answer your question, uh, I digress. But the Rams—they've been beat up by injuries this year. They got beat up by last year. Obviously, they didn't have Matthew Stafford uh, in that loss in Green Bay. They got him back, and they beat the Seahawks here on Sunday, and that was a huge win. They're now four and six. They're just—they're uh, currently in ninth place in the Western Conference, in the National, in the NFC. So they just need to get into seventh to make the playoffs. It's still very, very possible. They're just uh, a game and a half behind the Vikings for that final playoff spot. Uh, They have an easy schedule here coming up. Uh, On their books, they have the Cardinals again, who's one of the worst teams in the league, the Browns, uh, the Commanders, the Saints, the Giants I just mentioned with their third string quarterback who lives at home with his mother. So those are games I think the Rams can win. So I think they have a faint outside shot of it. They do have a pulse, like you said, they're going to need some help from some of these other teams to fall. But as I mentioned, it seems like a very top heavy league so they can get in, but I don't think they're going to do much damage once they do get in. And of course,
1: and of course the chase chasing the 49ers and the division out and the NFC out West. Uh, and they seem to be pretty decent. Before I let you go, uh, the Dodgers, um, another very good regular season, another disappointing postseason. They've got a whole heap of money coming off the books though. Uh, the well-placed to bring in the unicorn, are they not?
0: Shohei Otani got to be in Dodgers blue. Yeah, so this is, you just mentioned this, during last offseason. so we're talking about the winter of 2022, about this time a year ago, the Dodgers looked at the money and they saw all this money coming off of the books in 2023 after the 2020 World Series. And they saw that Shohei Ohtani, the unicorn, as you just mentioned, the two-way superstar who we haven't seen since Babe Ruth in the 1920s. They looked at that and they said, "Okay, we have an opportunity to have all this money off the books. He's going to be available. Let's do all these little one-year contracts for 2023 and then have all this money come off the books and put all our chips in to go get the unicorn here in 2023. Now, obviously, some things changed a little bit with Ohtani. Uh, tearing his UCL for the second time in his career, undergoing surgery. He will not be able to pitch on the mound in 2024, but he will be able to bat as a DH. And as we know, he can hit 45 plus home runs. So he's definitely still good at the plate and then would, should be able to pitch again in 2025. So the Dodgers, as you mentioned, all this money on the books, they're going to go all in on Shohei Otani. Las Vegas, as you mentioned earlier with the Formula One, all the, the bookmakers and the sports books down there, they have the Dodgers as the favorite to show, sign Shohei Otani. I think the Angels still have an outside shot. I think the Chicago Cubs might have a shot at him, surprisingly, as well. They really want him. But really, I don't see anyone outbidding the Dodgers. So this is the Dodgers to lose. So if Shohei Otani wants to go to the Dodgers, I think he's going to be in Dodger blue uh, come next season. Now, that's because he can't pitch, that's not all the Dodgers need if they want to get back to the World Series. So they're looking at getting two starting pitchers, either one via trade and one via free agency. Uh, They're willing to get creative to see how they can bring in 2 frontline starting pitchers. Obviously, Clayton Kershaw, their longtime ace, undergoing shoulder surgery. He won't be ready until maybe the end of next season. So look at two starting pitchers and Shohei Otani. But obviously, they need to know what Shohei Otani decides first. So hopefully, he'll make a decision here in the next month or so so they can decide uh, the pieces they were going to put around him. Brilliant stuff.
1: Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Treat hearing your voice, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go enjoy your day. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys, and uh, yes, let's uh, let's do this again soon. Really do appreciate it. Uh, Michael J. Duarte from NBC LA dropping a whole heap of knowledge on us there. Um, the Dodgers will have to drop a whole heap of cash on Shohei Um uh, Some publications are reporting, <clears throat> and if you're driving, be careful when you hear this. If you're driving, be careful. Uh, some organisations uh, believe Um, he will, uh, this is media publications believing he will get a a contract in excess of 500 million US dollars. That is um, if you want it in New Zealand pesos, um, about 820 million. Oh sorry, 826.4. Can't forget that extra 6.4 million for Shohei Atani, who who is a unicorn. The the unicorn of world sport. He, He does both things. No one does both things. Well, very few people do both things, let alone both things at an all-star level. It's like he is a unicorn. Uh, quite frightening. Um, scary. How what, how how many trucks? How many dumpster trucks will that require to dump onto his back lawn, Louis? Like, if LA traffic is not bad enough as it is, you know, pulling up to his house to dump all that money on the desk uh, on the front lawn. I think I think Louis is just desperately trying to work the maths in his mind. Yeah, I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to reference. For a I'm just trying to reference
2: the amount of Narcos uh, on Netflix I've watched. I'm trying to think. <laughs> like, I'm trying to, like, put it in, like, Pablo Bricks with. <laughs> Escobar. Yeah, like a lot. A few Brinks tracks, absolutely. <laughs>
1: Uh, thank you very much, Michael. Uh, we will take a break. Twenty-five minutes away from ten o'clock. It is still Island One, the All Whites One. Fred Jong to review this game after eleven for us. Stay with us. Half past ten. This is mornings with Ian Smith minus Smithy. My name is Daniel McCarty. Fair not living Who and what is here, and he's primed and ready to go in a few minutes for a love racing update. Uh, Ireland won the... I was going to say the All Blacks because they're playing at a Viva Stadium and there's a team in black. It just doesn't make sense. And it's not the All Blacks, it's Ireland. The All Whites won. Ireland won. That garbage goal on the hour mark, uh, equalising after Ireland went ahead after about 30, 31 minutes. Terrible error by the All Whites at the back. Just as he says that, Joe Balkoff's up position needlessly, about 30 yards out, and it's a four-on-four island. Oh, good save, rebound. Oh, he's missed it. That is a horror miss from about 10 yards out. And, like, so much so, the ball didn't even go out. You know, it's a difficult-ish volley from the Irish player. I'm not sure if you've got it on screen, Louis. But good save, diving away, He's palmed into his path, sort of on a 45-degree angle out, about 10 yards out. Actually, it's more awkward height. I, I won't say that's a shocker. On reflection, I take that back to the unnamed Irishman. I can't quite pick up his name. It was actually a really awkward height. Um, I thought it was a bit lower for Ferguson. Even Ferguson, what a what a superstar that kid's going to be. Still a kid um, playing at Brighton. So New Zealand uh, survived there. It's one all. Uh, Fred De Jong to join us after 11 o'clock to talk about the start uh, game. All right. I, I need to apologise. I should have said when we opened the lines, uh, that we had a prize for a caller of the day today to celebrate Chemist Warehouse Black Friday sale. Uh, We've got 15 Balance uh, Protein prize packs valued at over $150 to give away, thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Balance. I think we'll continue doing that for the rest of the week. Uh, So thank you to everyone who called. Uh, All of you are in the mix for that. so a good value prize there. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse and their friends at Balance. We'll announce that uh, winner a little bit later in the program. Uh, Brett writes, no love for the Dolphins from our American correspondent, Daniel? Question mark. Well, obviously not, Brett. It was definite West Coast bias, though. It was a look at the West Coast boarding world. Um, last time I checked, Florida uh, was in hell. Oh, sorry, uh, was on the East Coast of uh, the United States at the bottom. That's where Miami is, right? Um, I'll oh, shut up. Uh, Patrick writes, Morning, Daniel. You asked for favourite soccer team uniforms. Into Milan for me. Uh, Ari Neil Wagner, he fits into the Mitchell Santner bracket for me. Good, honest, hard worker. Both have worked at their trade. Neither will ever keep the opposition awake at night. Patrick from Ashburton. I would disagree with Neil Wagner, considering the line of attack he has taken over the time, uh, over the years, Louis. I think he's probably kept a few batsmen up late at night at the prospect of what's coming uh, their way. Um, is it Peter? We're going to the lines, Peter. Hello, Peter. How's it going?
4: Good mate. You? Hey, yeah, good. Hey, just circling back to
1: the um, Auckland Football A League team. Please. Uh, a couple of points. Couple of points from me.
7: Number one, I think all those people that are a bit sceptical are probably living in the past. I think time's changed, like you said. Um, but my main point was surely now is the time, if any time, to to get together with the owner and go off to the Auckland for fun stadium um, because uh, what I can picture in my head is a stadium with a rectangle with steep stands on each side, kind of like Combank Stadium in Sydney, um, yep. and just get all of the teams... Playing there, get some fan engagement, actually good viewing, because I think Eden Park is terrible viewing for football, um, and I think Mount Smart is pretty dated, and I think, yeah, I don't know who owns Mount Smart, but just sell that off, put all the money into this new stadium, mm. and just...
1: Sounds awesome, Peter, your idea. It makes way too much sense, doesn't it? Um, you know, the the, the the era, you know, if we're talking about moving eras, the eras of multi-purpose stadiums um, were, were beyond it. We, you know, fans need something a little bit different in those sports that get to play at those uh, rectangular stadiums, those football-appropriate stadiums. It just makes a whole heap of a difference. Can I just say one thing, Peter? I'm not sure how you feel about this. Um, I, I'd like to know who's going to pay for it. Um, He's a US billionaire. billionaire. They they tend tend to rely on huge handouts from local uh, councils to get these out. Uh, There's a lot of instances where billionaires don't go into their own pockets in the US sport to to build their own stadium. And I can tell you for sure, don't come to central government and ask us for (laughs) money again. Well, I'm done. I'm done. There was one time I was for it. Nuh uh. You're going to have to pay for it yourself up there, Auckland, surely.
7: Yeah, but who owns the Mount Smart land and the stadium and all that? Can they not sell that off and then use some of those funds to develop that land? And then, I mean, surely the billionaire owner's got to stump up some sort of cash. Um, and then I think it's in the interest of the rugby league and football union to come together and try and, and do something as well. Like, for me, going forward for sport, there needs to be a venue, a rectangular venue, with steep stand in Auckland. It doesn't matter where it is somewhere that actually the fans want to go and view these games, because I've been to
4: Phoenix games at Eden Park, and it's just terrible. Like, you're sitting so far it's back, too big. you can't hardly see the body. Yeah. You can't see the ball. Yeah. Um, and, like, as well as that, also, it's like there's too many seats. Like, we got to be realistic. Like, 25 30,000 max
7: is all we really need, and, you cr- and, and you know, you create a better atmosphere that way, because all the noise stays in if it's all covered in all, all sides, and it's just... It's like the way
1: forward, in my opinion. Good on you, Peter. Really good call, mate. We'll chuck you in there, draw for our caller of the day. Thanks so much for circling back. It was well worth it. it. Uh, is a break time and then a Love Racing update, or Love Racing then a break? We'll go with the, we'll go with the former. It's a break. they give me that thing of, you know, break, 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 break. The Bulletin. Time for the bulletin. Indeed, before we welcome in Andrew Gordy, uh, I can tell you it has finished up between the Republican Islands and the won All Whites, uh, one all. New Zealand equalising in the second half after conceding a sloppy goal around about 31 minutes in. Uh, they looked much better as the game grew on, and they hit a header with the very last play of the game from Tyler Bindon about seven eight yards out that could have stolen it. So it ends up Ireland 1, New Zealand 1. So good news for Darren Baisley, bad news for Stephen Kenny, who is dead man walking anyway in Irish football, if not uh, in the next couple of hours. Uh, Hello, Andrew Gordy from News Hub. How are you, friend?
8: I'm not bad, Daniel McCarty from Sens. How are you?
1: I Very well. I would like to know if Grant Chapman has apologised to you publicly after the character assassination of you last week.
8: No, he hasn't. And look, it just comes as standard these days. So I'm used to um, I'm used to having uh, you know, crap spoken about me on on the on the airways, mate. some um, look, I've got my lawyers involved, and I'll just let them deal with it at this stage. I think. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, the All Whites must be pleased with that result. Maybe not the first thirty minutes, but the result anyway.
8: Yeah, exactly. Look, one one all against an Irish team that is obviously ranked well ahead of them in the world rankings. I know you don't necessarily read everything into world rankings, Daniel, as you know. But um, look, they needed a result, didn't they? They needed some kind of result, and God knows they needed a goal. So I'm pleased they managed to get one this morning. And look, yeah, that's that's the that's the only direction this team really needs to be heading at this stage. So no no complaints. And you know, I think especially after the performance against uh, against Greece the other in
1: the morning, um, that's, a, that's a result they'll, they'll be very happy with, I think, Daniel. Yeah, indeed. Hey, football fans, don't fret. Uh, Fred Young's going to give us a detailed breakdown after 11 o'clock on that game specifically, but there is a lot of footballing news. Uh, Andrew, I really keen <laughs> to you get your reaction to um, Auckland getting two A-League franchises, both a men's and a women's uh, one. Uh, your, your overall thoughts on what awaits...
8: Yeah, look. Overall thoughts, uh, I thought Bill Foley obviously talked a pretty good game. You say, and 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 it's easy to talk a big game when uh, you've got some, the the finances, I suppose, and, and the track record that this man has in terms of um, taking over sports teams and and producing success relatively quickly. Do you know what I mean? So, um, fair fair play to the guy, and and I hope that some of the things he said yesterday ring true, but. He has got one hell of a job on his hands, Daniel. And look, forgive me for being a little bit cynical and a wee bit negative, but I've seen this movie twice before and both of those movies were pretty shit. And so I don't have an awful lot of confidence that the third movie uh, in this trilogy is going to be a raging success, if you know what I mean. So, And I think a, a key part of that element, Daniel, is the engagement of are uh, Aucklanders and Auckland football fans. Um, so that's where I think this team really has, has a challenge on its hands or this club has a challenge on its hands. And actually, look, I, I'm, I'm sure one of the questions you're perhaps going to ask me is what 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 should the name of this club be? And look, without sort of thinking too deeply about it, they need Auckland to be united behind this club. So to me, if there was a perfect name for it, it should probably be Auckland United, unfortunately. Um, that, that club already exists as a as result of a merger between two Auckland clubs only a handful of years ago. So
0: I don't know, though, whether
8: it's possible for perhaps Bill Foley to approach Auckland United and say, how about um, letting me buy the, the naming rights, I suppose, to your club, and you can come up with some other sort of name, but uh, that's just one idea. The other idea I have, which is probably a little bit far-fetched, Daniel, um, and, and I'm sure wouldn't happen, but it's very common, as you'll know, over in Europe in particular, um, for for sporting clubs um, to have you know like like Barcelona like Real Madrid to have you know a football club volleyball teams handball teams the best the best and strongest um, I suppose brand in New Zealand is the Warriors so what about the idea of uh, perhaps giving the lending the name to this new club.
1: Interesting. Instant reaction probably coming through in five, four, three, two, one on double eight, double three. I I'd personally go with uh that one of my favourite clubs in Botswana called Miscellaneous. Um they're literally called Miscellaneous. Yeah, mis- brilliant name up there with um FL Fart in North- Norway. That's the level of maturity I show, Andrew. To be honest. The name's a name. I'd like to know if it's going to work a little bit more. And surely we've moved on from those dreadful movies, and you're right. They were stinkers. They were absolute horror movies, uh, but and not in a good way. But surely times have changed. That's, that's a long time ago now. Do you have much faith? Well, what, give me a yeah. reason for faith that they will be able to engage with that community and for it to be uh, more of a success.
8: Right, so that's the key, isn't it, Daniel? That, like, I agree with you. Like, the running of both the kings and the knights were, were a disaster um, in terms of how those clubs were run off the field. Now, that's where the big change is going to come, right? Bill Foley, and I'm sure, is going to assemble a, an excellent administrative staff who are going to run this club properly. They've obviously got the financial backing. Um, they're going to be able to put to Put together a strong roster, at least buy a strong roster to start with, and I'm sure that they're going to look into uh, establishing firm roots, uh, a strong academy system, which obviously every club needs um, to to have long-term success. Um, but the key is still going to be that the the fundamental problem that you know both of those football clubs have had previously, and we've also had with other other sporting codes in the city is that there is a problem with uh, infrastructure in terms of where this team will play, where this team will be based. Um, I'm not sure if this is exactly true, but I've heard that this team is going to be based in terms of its, its training facilities and everything, are going to be on the North Shore, but then they're going to play games at Mount Smart Stadium. Now, that instantly rings alarm bells for me. And again, it comes back to the old conversation. If only we had a waterfront stadium, Daniel. Like That would solve so many problems for, for, for this club for the Warriors, for the Blues, uh, for, for Auckland's NPC team, it would solve all sorts of multi-code problems in this city. Perhaps the ship has sailed there, but who knows? If, when you've got an enormous amount of money coming on board through, through this Manville Foley, you just don't know really what, uh, what, what might be possible in this city moving forward.
1: Yeah, indeed. There's so many uh, interesting ways to look at this. Uh, we don't really have the time for it now to, to touch on every single one of them. Andrew Gordy out of News Hub is with us. Uh, maybe maybe they should hire Hamish McLennan. He's available. He'll get you some no, headlines. No one should, no he might one, burn Daniel, down the house. No one he might should, burn down
8: everything. No one should hire <laughs> Hamish McLennan. No one should hire <laughs> <laughs> Hamish McLennan. Hamish McLennan should retire, and I'm sure I'm sure he's got a lot of money. He can retire to some, some beautiful waterfront property and, and on the Sydney beaches um, and just sail off into the sunset. Um, he should have had nothing to do with Rugby Australia to start with. Just look, Daniel, at the untold damage he has done to that code in Australia, uh, in particular over the, last, over the last six months, and just how much work is going to be required to, to unravel that for a sport that does not have time to be, to be bothering with that sort of thing. They are battling their own you know, code wars over there with, in particular, the AFL and the NRL, and now they are, they are starting again and having to, having to re-establish themselves, and, and God knows how long that's going to take. But, geez, I hope they swallow their pride, this, this, this organisation, I suppose, which I'm sure, you know, with Phil War and some other good people around him, uh, and in particular on the board, obviously, they've, they've finally managed to get the outcome that they needed there, um, but they really need to, to engage with New Zealand rugby, because these two countries and these two organisations need each other. They need each other desperately. So I hope that, you know, between between Mark Robinson, obviously, and Phil War, and obviously the respective boards, they can sit down and start making some meaningful progress for trans-Tasman rugby, and in particular, obviously, getting the Super Rugby Commission off the ground, because if they don't start moving quickly on that, Daniel, uh, it's going to affect both sides of the Tasman.
1: Yeah, more longer term, it looks like there uh, might be not as heated sort of discussions as far as framing... Um, a competition for 2026 onwards, because that really is the key date, isn't it? And the commission is so important to that, uh, I would assume, too, Andrew. So they're really important touch points you have uh, mentioned there. Uh, It's my last week filling in for Smithy. I'm not sure when we'll speak again, Uh, Mr Gordy. I'd like to know, what do you want for your sporting Christmas?
8: What do I want for my sporting Christmas, Daniel? I just want Manchester United to start performing again. I'd like some players to come back from, uh, from injury. Um, and I'd like to see uh, Eric Tenha keep his job. I'd like to see the Glazers out. So all my Christmas wishes really uh, relate to Manchester United, but you know what? I'm expecting a lump of coal.
1: Yeah, indeed, including losing to Everton uh, this coming Sunday in the heated environment. um, Daniel, uh, come on, Daniel, The Everton Everton fans are going to be absolutely sepo. That's... If there's one game you want to watch this weekend, that the atmosphere at that Everton United game is going to be amazing on Monday morning.
8: Yeah, look, if if, if we get the wrong side of the ledger, I might be taking a sick day.
1: (laughs) Good on you, mate. Appreciate your time. Lovely to chat over the last few weeks, mate. Have a great Christmas. Happy New Year to you.
8: And you and yours, mate. See you later.
1: Andrew Gordy from News Hub, uh, the Bulletin covering off, uh, well, truncated sort of uh, topics, uh, rugby and football, lots of footballing news. Uh, more to come after 11 o'clock, football fans. Uh, Fred De Jong has been sitting in the De Jong estate uh, watching the All Whites. Uh, we'll give a, a detailed sort of analysis on that performance uh, with uh, Fred a little bit later. Um, Just a reminder, keep your text coming in double eight, double three. Love your contribution. Also a reminder that Flight Centre's Big Red Sale is on with limited time offers on flights, cruises, holidays and tours. Book now to save big. Back shortly.
2: The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz,
0: racing's biggest fan.
2: And it just doesn't because they're racing at Invercargill today uh, down in the deep south. So the South Island thoroughbred action just keeps on rolling. Um, eight races there. Nice even races. The blazing one second up one to watch in race number seven. I believe, always been a very, very consistent type. But uh, today, we will get the markets this afternoon for Saturday. And boy, oh boy, is Saturday a great day. Uh, it's County's Cup Day. It doesn't just roll around so fast. We've got the Hanui Farms Counties Bowl. We've got the Counties Challenge Stakes. We've got, how's this, the Dunstan Horsefeeds Auckland Thoroughbury Breeders Stakes worth $225,000. A wait-for-age fillies and mares race over 1,400. There's only... I've only got eight horses that are in the field. I mean, what are we doing here? The prize money's up. Surely there's some fillies and mares that want to get a piece of that. But anyway, the fields are strong, and then the Counties Cup, we get to see Aquacade go round. A very nice horse. So is Aromatic. So is One Bold Cat. Uh, so is Dionysus. Um, there's lots of good horses, and obviously the old boy, Group 1 winner, defibrillate the nine-year-old going round. So wonderful day at Counties. And Thoroughbred Action will just keep on going. Loveracing.nz is where I do my form. so where I did all my form during Cup Week, and I tried very hard for you, and I was glad to get a result. I can't wait to see uh, what they do with Maria Farina. I hope she backs into or she goes into this telegraph down the chute. We talked to Stephen Hunt about that yesterday. Daniel, so that's the latest in Thoroughbred Action racing in the Deep South today.
1: Uh, thank you very much, Louis. do appreciate that. Uh, that is your Love Racing update. Grab your mates, get on course, visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you. Double uh, eight, double three. keep your messages coming through, even yours, Craig. Nice booing, I'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, Fred De going to join us, though, after the news. It is 11am. But it's after 11 o'clock. Mornings with the N-Smith. minus Smithy. Uh, Daniel McCarty here. Louis Herman Watt. Here's me thinking I was being nice saying goodbye to Andrew Gordy. And um, Goodbye. I'm not sure I was going to speak to him again before the end of the year. Because I'm a full-on host. I finish at the end of the week. But that doesn't stop Craig booing me, Louis. Come on, Daniel. November 22nd. You're already with the Christmas wish- wishes. Boo! Craig... Uh, you might be right, because I've just checked my diary. I think I'm filling in for Smithy one more time before Christmas. And what's the chances Andrew Gordon's going to be on that show? Probably high now that I've actually said it. Uh, have a wonderful have a wonderful holiday season, Craig. Boo! Uh, Rory writes, how about the Auckland road cones or the Auckland fuel hikes? Very good, Rory. I think uh, former STNZer um, Ben Francis, when this... The, the, the idea of an Auckland A-League franchise became more of a reality, what, six months ago, nine months ago? That, that was his first uh, name, and that was very popular on the Saturday session. Uh, the Tamaki Jeffers FC writes, Apurahama, thank you very much, very good. Uh, James writes, Hello Daniel, new owner of Auckland A-League franchise wants to call them the Black Knights. Insert Monty Python references here. Oh, you can't do that, you can't name your team the Black Knights. It's, a, it's only a flesh wound. <laughs> Come back, you bastard. I'll bite your leg off. Yeah, God, you're just opening yourself up for Monty Pythonism, if that's a thing, um, every which way. Uh, Brad writes, uh, where's Ryan Thomas? Falling off, we're still playing. we playing again, Brad. Um, I think he returned to his first senior match for the first time in two years, some two weeks ago for Peck's Vola. I hope I pronounced that correctly. The next, Our next guest will know how to pronounce that correctly correctly, correctly, former Fortuna Sittard legend, it's Fred De Jong, hoi meneer. Heel good. thank you Val, heel good. Morning, good Especially um, because the All Whites got a result, a positive result against Ireland, for which we are, uh, which we have you on for, Fred, to talk about this. Game, you, you know what it's like when you're in a studio, my head's up and down, I didn't really get to watch it for long stretches. What I did see was a really slow start from New Zealand over the first, maybe maybe even up until the goal. I, I described it as like a Guinness. It takes a while for a good Guinness <laughs> to set. But after that, it looked like a completely different game. Is that a sort of fir- fair interpretation of what's transpired?
9: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you're right, slow start. Ireland, Ireland came out buzzing. They were sharp, they, you know, playing the ball through the middle of the park and then exposing us out wide, especially down our right flank, their left, left-hand side. Um, the, the guy Johnson was very good in the first
4: very half lively. an hour,
9: probably. Yeah, very lively. And then, uh, you know, Mendo Panekeg, dwells on the ball, and, and we concede a really soft goal. Um, and then I think Ireland thought, oh, well, this is, this is going to be quite easy, and just buttoned off. And that allowed us a lot of... There's a lot more space in the game. It was so open. Uh, and we took advantage of that and started to, you know, grew into the game. And I think the last Five or ten minutes of the first half, and then the whole of the second half. I thought we um, we exposed them time and time again, and uh, and you know especially when we get Sarpreet on the ball, facing forward. I think um, we're very very good, and I think um, one of the for me one of the takeaways out of this game is sarpreet has got to play in the centre of the park or float around the middle of the park, as opposed to being stuck out wide, and because uh, he's way more effective when he when he's coming inside and picking up the ball and then trying to thread balls through. Because uh, when he does that, he looks like a you know a top class player.
1: Well, you've got to question number six on my list uh, a little bit early. How, how have you enjoyed <laughs> how they've deployed Sarpreet Singh? Because he he does he, a left footed, uh, genuine creativity. We haven't been blessed with those a lot over the years. Did he creep inside a little bit more? Did he become a little bit more of a central figure rather than sticking out on that right?
9: Yeah, I think I, I think a real snapshot of how you re- how you want to how you can utilize him the best was the chance he set up for Max Mata. Max Mata. Yeah, for for Mata. Um, you know, where he's picked up the ball middle of the park, turned and, and facing forward and just slides this this beautifully weighted pass into the run of Mata and, you know, um he you know, shoots and the keeper saves it. But, you know, really good opportunity. And if you can get him into those sort of positions consistently, then there's the service that you want to get into Chris Wood. And I think, um, you know, that 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 shows how New Zealand um, can unlock defenses as opposed to, uh, I think, in recent games, we've been trying to get the ball wide and whip in crosses. And it's like, it's too easy to defend that. And you've got to have more strings to your bow, and I think that is one that um, that we need to develop. And we look a lot better for it, and we've got the players that sort of uh, can accommodate that. But I think what it does mean then is you've got to say, okay, who are the who are the midfielders playing behind Sarpreet? Because I think in the first half, they, you know, they've got Stamenic, Bell, and Garbutt. Garbutt, And and yeah, and then you've got you know, so and then, so because of that, Saprute sitting out wide, and I think something's got to change in there to to accommodate Singh.
4: Uh, Ireland come
1: out firing. To that point, you made um, probably expected a much change side. They've had the disappointment of the European uh, qualification. Um, you know that they got the job done against the Netherlands in the sense they needed to lose. This is not this is not a mistake, <laughs> boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. But other results didn't go their way, so I don't even think they get into the qualification. Um, um, the playoff path, rather. Uh, Stephen Kenny, the manager, is like, is dead man walking, it does seem. So they were going to start with a, a fair bit of intensity. So how do we handle that better next time? Because I thought our passing from the back just, we, we, we were trying to shoot ourselves in the foot.
9: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We We were trying to play um, when the opposition were way sharper, Um Pressing us, picking us off, um, couldn't couldn't control the ball, and I think that that shows that like, and I think at times in the first half, Greece were the same. You know, when teams are really good, teams are, are pressing us really um, uh, pressing us well. You know, as a, as a unit, we struggle. We will struggle to play out. Um, you know, and, and I think the game once the game had opened up, everyone's got a bit more time, and we looked quite good. Um, but you know, when when Ireland. As you say, the island have been horrible. You know, the only team they've beaten in qualifying for for Euro is Gibraltar. They've beaten them twice, and they've you know they've lost to France, lost to the Netherlands, lost to Greece twice. So so they've been they've been shocking. Um, so yeah, I think uh, and you can see why. You know, I think uh, Stephen Kenny's tried to bring in this expansive um, style of football. They don't have the players to do that. You can see that they, they're too loose um, structurally. They're not they're not um, disciplined enough. And we capitalised on that, which was good. Good to see. Um, but, yeah, Ireland, uh, after after 20 minutes or so, suddenly all the foibles that we saw against the Netherlands come to the fore. And, you know, there's, they leave gaps. They, they don't track players. Um, and and you can see why they're, um, they're not doing very well in their qualification.
1: I had a good chat to Tony on Saturday after the Greece game. We were both a little bit lost as to what... What they're trying to achieve tactically. Um, we saw that over the last hour. And that's, I, I suppose, with Darren Basie new at the helm, that's what you want to see improvements. So, that last 60 minutes, is that what you bottle and move forward from these two games?
9: Oh, that's and that, that'll be the message that comes out of the camp. Um, definitely. You know, I think uh, you could see early on we tried to press, and you know, we we're trying to press high, um, and Ireland just passing through us. Um, so, I think, you know, it's it's. The, the, it's an interesting one because if you, you know, when you when you play like that um, against an island, the the Pacific Island teams, you will do really well. If you press them high, they just can't live with that, and you win the ball high up the park, and then you know they're they're all over the place, and and you'll probably um, score goals from that. Um, and that's all we need to do to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, but once we get to the World Cup, we have to be Better than how we showed in the first part of this game, um, and more like what we saw in the in the back half of the game. Um, but we will we will come up certainly come up against better teams than we saw against I- the the Irish were uh, today. Um, so so yeah, I mean it's that it's that conundrum, isn't it? When you're in Oce- when you're, your confederation's Oceania, um, the bar's pretty low, and um, so we you know these games are important because you want to set your standards a bit higher than. Um, what it's going to take to qualify for the World Cup. Excuse me, ignorance.
1: And, and this might have just missed me. It might have just slipped through my fingers like I'm um, an out-of-form <laughs> goalkeeper. Has OFC been guaranteed a spot, like a full spot?
0: Yes. Between, yes. And,
1: and so, so that is set in stone. Fantastic, because yep. I, I just don't trust FIFA to, to change that um, <laughs> and still make us qualify. But that would make sense, wouldn't it? So you, you win Oceania, you're in yep. a World
9: Cup. Happy days. Yeah, no, and there's no, uh, and the, the downside of that, obviously, is there's no intercontinental playoffs, you know. So, you know, you, you don't have any big games in a four-year cycle, um, and 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 I think what like, what you're finding as well is through qualification for the for the next World Cup around the world is virtually irrelevant in a lot of in a lot of places. Um, you know, we saw Argentina lose to Uruguay a few days ago, and normally. That would put Argentina sort of, ooh, you know, fourth or fifth sitting in uh, in the South American group, or well, seven qualify. So it's like, don't worry about it, lads. You know, doesn't, you know, <laughs> you, you, There's no, there's no way you're not going to qualify for the World Cup. And so, you know, that that's, and that's right across all the confederations. You know, so I, I you know, it's a bit. Uh, I find that as one of the one of the biggest negatives of this uh, World Cup expansion.
1: Although I I guess you could spin it into a positive thread, which is unusual for me, that uh you could try and make those OFC games a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they they, ha- they effe- effectively
9: have become a big deal. Yeah, they are. They are. But um I mean the 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 difference we we won the nation's cup last we won the nations cup final last time around five nil. So, you know, you you're looking at that going if you're winning a final 5-0 then um there's not much competition in the in the region and so that's Hey it doesn't you know, stop so the probably... Australian
1: cricketers enjoying beating England 5-0 in a <laughs> Ashes series mate.
9: Come on buddy. That's, that's true. i take your I, 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 so, so I, like, I, yeah.
1: I take your point. Yeah.
9: Yeah. So it, and I think that and in a wider in a wider sense as well. I mean it just shows like you need to I think um, to to really improve, New Zealand really does have to move away from the Oceania Confederation, and to really improve, to be serious. And and you look at Aussie and where they sit in the world football now, because they ha- they've had to, you know, they've had to improve to um to to survive in Asia, and um and to and to grow in Asia, and uh, and you're seeing the the fruits of that now. And I think um yeah, if New Zealand is serious about it, Um, being a better footballing nation, then um, uh, we we can't stay where we are. We can't sit still because other people are going forward. This is
1: a fresh topic, isn't it, Fred? It's not as if uh, we've discussed this in the past. Do you know what it reminds me of? Yeah, this is a brilliant segue on your behalf because it reminds me (laughs) of how many times I've talked about a waterfront stadium in Auckland. Um, and guess what? We've, we've got a new entity on board who's, who's taken all of three minutes to bring up a waterfront stadium in Auckland. Exactly. Of course, there's a new A-League. There's A-League franchises coming to Auckland. All right, Fred, how optimistic are you that this is going to be far, far better, knowing full well the bar was incredibly low with the Knights and the Kings? Sorry to say, mate, um, that, that this will be a success. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Have times, have, have, have times moved on?
9: I was doing my best. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I say sorry, to all you, the mate. listeners... I apologize. Sorry, Younger. It's all French. There's one key difference between <laughs> the past and the present, uh, and that's uh, obviously the money. And I think that's, um, yeah. what that well, they have them. They actually have it they, this time. They have it. They have it, um, and it's just a question of how much of it they're going to spend. Um, and I think that that's the key difference, because um, the, knight, the Kings and Knights was always on a shoestring, Um, Was always struggling, and I think this is very different. And I think, um, you know, for someone to take an ice hockey expansion team in the US and then win the Stanley Cup in six years, um, sort of speaks volumes about what's possible with the Auckland A League franchise, um, because that's no mean feat. Um, You know, one of the, the one of the most difficult sporting competitions to win, and to do that with a new team in six years. Um, really really does um, fill you with a bit of confidence that they have the the financial backing the wherewithal and the desire to to actually be successful on the field and um, and I think even um, when you look at the Phoenix um, I think you know the no 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 uh, secret that the Phoenix have cut their budgets um, and I think you know the Auckland side can be a real point point of difference um, for the New Zealand for the A League in New Zealand. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was not, it was good to see Jim uh, Bill Foley very bullish last night at the the function where he did a Q and A. It was um, you know he said we're, we're here to win the league, or um, we'll win the competition. Um, we're not here to make up the numbers. Um, you know can't tell you how long it's going to take, but maybe after 12 months I'll be able to 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 give you. Um, a view on that Um, but yeah it wasn't it wasn't about oh we're here just to be part of the competition we're going to take each game as it comes there's none of that and I think um, if they can carry on that sort of rhetoric uh, over the next you know as they as they hit the ground um, with players and the like um, then yeah I think it's going to be good and make it a spectacle at Mount Smart Stadium and people will go along just like the Warriors it's a spectacle it's people are behind it it's passionate uh, and if you can engage like that, then people will come along and, and be entertained. Well, he's guaranteed
1: five overseas import slots to be filled and two marquees. He guaranteed that, didn't he? So it's going to be fun. Whatever happens, gee, they might Good want to start. call themselves Hollywood. <laughs> F- they, they might want to call themselves Hollywood <laughs> FC. Or no, I think Bayern Munich actually own that title, don't they? So yeah, own, go fishing, Own the knights,
9: uh, man. Own own the knights. Own the knights. Be the, be the Black Knights. Nothing wrong with that. Own it. It's like... It was it's only a flesh time. wound. We all know that. Are you serious? <laughs>
1: you exactly. can't be. Is this a Monty Python skit you're doing no. right
9: now here, Fred? Abs- absolutely own it, man. Just go, look, it was crap the first time around. We know that. This is how it should have been done, and I'm going to show you how. Mm. To me, that's, None quite, shall that's pass. a big point. None shall pass.
4: None shall not
0: pass. It, it is only a flesh wound. <laughs> it <laughs> is but <laughs> a scratch. Fred,
1: It's just but a scrap. Lovely to chat, my friend. Uh, go well, mate. We'll catch up soon.
9: <laughs> Take it easy. Awesome, mate. Cheers, man. Thanks,
1: man. That is Otra Honga's finest, uh, Fred de Jong, former Fortuna sit-out legend. Peck Swallow. Own the Knights. Louis, would you own the Knights? Yeah, look, it, I I don't know if
2: I would go back to the future with that. Um Interestingly, respect Fred's <laughs> respect Fred's opinion hugely. What a great man he is! Now, it's is not that man. long ago that we did this whole subject. Do you remember the franchise? And do you remember what sport?
1: It, it's got to be Knights. It can't be kings, because they even they couldn't even spell kings for a start. You knew that franchise was stuffed when they slapped a Z Zzz, on king. kings. It's like no, 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 no. So the knights, the black knights. Two Atara's vacant. Bar. A slow-moving, prehistoric reptile.
2: (laughs) Well, that was... And that is not vacant because they have the NBL team anyway. Um, That is true. But, you know, I remember we... Because I'm just trying to think back. When they were picking the Tuatara, the baseball team's name, there was a whole bunch of nominations that were coming through. And, you know, there's the classic... um, the volcanoes, <laughs> all of that lame stuff. That's we've got a chance here to be a little bit different, don't you? Um, I don't know. A F C
1: Auckland.
2: If, do football for, for teams need patient. a name?
1: Uh, yeah. Someone writes uh, it's Phil to be exact. Be interested to see if the new Auckland team keeps the bird theme, like the Phoenix. Maybe Auckland the Carriera. Oh, that's 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 a bird of prey, a falcon. That's, Don't that's get better. John
2: Oliver involved
1: Whatever you do No The The two picky picky Was a I can't, Yeah not even know who won Bird of the Century Well mate Putikiteki If you go putikiteki And name it John Oliver Is going to be Well it's free shot, coverage Isn't it Yeah free, yeah free yeah coverage. yeah. Because that guy Likes talking about himself More than we do
2: Doesn't he He Absolutely fantastic Yeah he... <laughs> <laughs> he did just it, You know, I saw that on the news last night. They got six hundred thousand dollars in um, donations from it. So you know, you kind of have to grit your teeth and bear it. But boy, oh boy, did he turn our bird of the century into a uh, a gimmick on a, t- a late night American TV Brilliant. show, which is highly
1: punishing. Brilliant. We got Dino, a D-I-N-O. Um, Andrew, no, it's the Auckland volcanoes now. Go away, Fred. Let's go volcanoes. Uh, Carlos, Morning Snake, I'm happy to open up the discussion on the impending top of the table clash between Man City and Liverpool. This game potentially could be a portent of things to come. May l- the At the pointy end of the EPL next May, Eugen Klopp's Liverpool have been only true nemesis of City's success in recent seasons. A must watch, you'll never walk alone, writes Carlos in Christchurch. Uh I guess the, the only good thing about the time of that game, it's it's a little bit of an easier entry point for us in this part of the world because, once again, the English Premier League has decided to play that like at 11 o'clock in the morning. Was it 12.30 Saturday morning uh, in the UK? Because, basically, it's the biggest game of the weekend and they don't want Hulins to get pissed and, and cause crap, I guess, even though you've got two teams littered with international talent who have to what get private jets over to hurry them back. Seem like it's the greatest idea to me, Louis. Um, mm. Mark writes the Auckland Blisters, Auckland Sales, the Auckland Chokers. Cheers from Mark. Unsurprisingly, Mark is in Christchurch. Um, I predict another. F- I predict another failed prediction from the mouth of the South. Barry. Oh, Dean is delusional. I'm in Queenstown right now, and it has taken me 27 minutes to move six ks It was Dean who suggested the the team should be in Queenstown.
2: Well, at least you could call them a good name, the Queenstown Vines or the Queenstown Vinos or Pinos. I mean, you could... That, and that would be right on Fo- in Foley's wheelhouse, wouldn't it? Jeez, I didn't realise this bloke has so much investment in New Zealand to the point that he owns the company that owns Solbar. So, um, who knows? I mean, it'd be a good time... i tell you what, you would love to be a player involved in this team because you know where your end of your do would be. The best bar in the viaduct...
1: And understand, Sorry, Understand how the A <laughs> understand oh. how the A League works. You have <laughs> only a select and... amount of a, a select amount of roster spots for a, for non Australians and New Zealanders. You have a salary cap. You can sign a marquee that goes over and above the cap. Your your owner, Auckland, have, has guaranteed you've got two marquees. Hold them to that. Hold them to that. I will. I would say hold them to that. Um, and New Zealand players and Australian players are going to benefit because there's, um, there's more money in the pot to be shared around, and there is such an importance on New Zealand and Australian talent in that competition. Uh, thank you, everyone. Keep them coming in. Uh, it's, it's great to be able to talk, um, you know, talk back and text about football. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. You know, considering the amount of players that we have in this country, and finally the football community actually talking about football going on in this part of the world. Excellent. 25 after 11.
10: Turn up the volume. We're crossing live to the Sports Desk. What's fresh? What's making waves? Let's find out. It's
1: time for the Polaris Sports Desk with Polaris. Special offers are on at your local Polaris dealer. Here is the dealer of the news, Louis Herman Watt.
4: Well, this is
2: the theme of the day, really, isn't it? Football and domestic football, which is pretty bloody cool, to be honest, Daniel, because you and I spoke before the show, and we were kind of like, hmm, I wonder if this will take off. Well, it has, which is really promising. And it shows how far we've all come. There's a station and a community. Now, to strike while the iron's hot, um, the Wellington Phoenix have sent through a press release penned by... One Brenton Van Nistelrooy, who's um, received a lot of these through his time and knows knows the angle when he can sniff one. I'll read it. Ben Old has committed his future to the Wellington Phoenix before the new Auckland expansion team has even got off the ground, it reads. (laughs) 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 Uh,
4: Utterly,
2: utterly,
4: (laughs) Utterly
1: unnecessary. Very well done, BV. No Ah, subtlety, ah, no nuance. It's it's here, it's here, the rivalry's here, and it's what we want.
2: Just lean straight into it. The attacking midfielder, he goes on, who is coming off contract at the end of the season, has re signed with the Wellington Phoenix until the end of the 26-27 Isuzu Ute A League. Old, 21. Grew up in Auckland, but has been in Wellington for the past six years since joining the club's academy as a 15-year-old. He says it was an obvious decision to re-sign with the Knicks. Whack, 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 whack.
1: (laughs) See, this is what I've been banging on about, about a second team bringing about some form of tribalism, right? Like, and and I I thought it would be in the Aussie NBL. I thought the Saints would be the first team. Then I then I thought it was going to be a rugby league side. Um, I I don't really I want one in each, because I just think it's the one thing we've lacked in the in those uh, competitions is some sort of rivalry. You know, may, maybe eventually down the road we'll have a team in the South Islands. Louis Herman Watt can be um you know, their official cheerleader, <laughs> if not CEO, wow. and he can he can write press releases <laughs> just like that. Um, oh, it's yeah, so good. Well. well <laughs> that is good, isn't it? Yeah, it spirit. is. The Surret.
2: Yeah, they have, and I would love a team down here. Look, the the beauty is we're we're going to be ahead at the pack um down here because we don't have to get into these. And it, don't worry, it was agonising to get to this point, but we don't have to get into these, you know, what ifs and, and uh awkward, queasy conversations about stadia. Because I went down to see Takaha recently, because the the war, the Warriors Daniel Cam George did not muck around um signing on with the the new stadium down here. They want to be the, the first game played at the. Opening at the stadium. Um, awesome. If if they can get it, do that. So that'll be cool. Um, the Crusaders will obviously have it. I'd love to see some football being played here. Now, um, elsewhere, this is really interesting news around Sale GP. So speaking of Auckland, you've had one win today, but you've definitely had a, a bit of a, a niggle. Auckland Unlimited has announced that SailGP won't go ahead in Auckland next March after the quote unavailability of Wynyard Point land as a spectator facility proved to be a barrier in holding the event in Auckland. So Carl Budge's whole idea was they were going to have SailGP event pretty much bang right there underneath the harbour bridge right on Wynyard Point. Um, it's, they say, Sale GP continues to work with its partners, including the relevant local and central government agencies to progress planning for its season four New Zealand event, which is next March, 23, 24 March. We will share more information as soon as it is available. I don't know how much time they need to get the Littleton, um, a site back available i know that it was a, a massive event to shut down the roads and it was such a good time at littleton the spectating uh, like right there on the uh, down on the port you were right there the spectating um spots they had were just fantastic but I don't know how hard that is going to be to re-secure I think that's really disappointing for them because they had pretty much all but confirmed that they were going to be in Auckland and they thought that they had that land available so that is a little bit of a nigger n- niggle, 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 and a, uh, a, a real blow for the sailing community which is massive up there in Auckland who we saw come out during the last America's Cup so that's disappointing Daniel
1: Thank you very much, Louie. Uh, that is disappointing. Um, that was the Polaris Sports Desk. I get a free roof, windscreen, rear panel, wiper kit, and tow hitch value at $5,000 on a Polaris range of $1,000. let us get to the text messages. Oh, shots fired here. I like it. Don't get too excited about Foley. He's an Amer- I don't know why I'm adding this tone. It just feels like it's appropriate. Um, I should read it like this. Don't get too excited about Foley. He's an American, and he owns Bournemouth, who sacked Eddie Howe then gets relegated. smaller stadium in the league after Luton. Americans don't know how to run football clubs. Glazers, Boley, Stan Kroenke, just to name a few examples. As a Liverpool supporter, I can tell you I quite like my American owners. And no one likes a corrector. I love them. Eddie Howe was sacked a full two years before Sid Foley owned Bournemouth. But hey, who am I to critique? Brad writes Auckland Athletic, Auckland Rangers, AFC Auckland, North Islanders, Northern Islanders. I, got, I'm a traditionalist. AFC Bournemouth, AFC Auckland. There's a bit of symmetry there for the, for the for the marketing departments. Uh, to get amongst, uh, at least we can have a derby now. A Kiwi Classic derby: Phoenix versus the Volcanoes. Come on, the Volcanoes. Um. The Auckland Empire. Good news. I'll go along to watch white skin. Oh, what The Auckland Evil Empire. That's good. You like that one, Louis? I I, I
2: don't I don't mind that. Um, I did see one on Twitter earlier today. I don't know whether I'll be able to find it in time to credit it, but they said, "Okay, well you've got the Golden Knights in <laughs> in you've got the Golden Knights in uh, Las Vegas." And what does it do all the time in Auckland? Well, it rains all the time. There's always plenty of showers. So why don't you call them the Golden Showers?
1: <laughs> I'm like going down that path. Someone else to take. So let's go the nights, then we can all bring shrubs to the games. A shrubbery. That's another Monty Python skit. Um, yeah. From that amazing movie. Uh, kids, if you haven't watched it, go. The Auckland hedgehogs and, and full of pricks on the road. Very good, Rory. Very, very good. Uh, where are we going now? It's twenty-two minutes away from twelve o'clock. Uh, best I take a break because it is only a flesh wound after all. 17 minutes away from 12 o'clock. We're hoping to get hold of Andy Thompson. He's otherwise um, supposed at the moment. We'll try and catch up with him shortly. Uh, Keep your suggestions coming through. Everyone's having a lot of fun. I love it when people enter the spirit of having fun. Dear sport and fun be involved. Uh, Charlie writes, Auckland potholes. Well, don't worry. Simeon Brown's about to sort that, right, isn't he? Isn't that what they're all about? Potholes? Sorry, I have Lots of people are working at Waka Kotahi, and I've been winding them up mightily about what's the pothole count today. Um, Charlie also writes Auckland Cyclone. That makes sense, because we actually get cyclones, right? Like One of the biggest pet peeves I have is the Hurricanes. A, you don't know how to say your own name, and B, we actually don't get Hurricanes in this part of the world. Uh, that's why I never liked the Hurricanes. That's why I, wouldn't, I would be open to changing it, because it's only a name, right, Louie? Yeah. So
2: you know. Yeah, well oh, don't don't make us <laughs> get back out into the whatabouters and when they tried to take the Crusaders can... name.
1: Newton Heath The New York Islanders They were around longer than the Crusaders, weren't they, Louie? Now known as Manchester man. United and New York Yankees. Didn't do them any harm, did it? Uh, but yeah, we're having a bit of fun with names. Someone says the Auckland broken storm water pipes. Well, I could not possibly. I could not possibly comment. Being from Wellington, I'm not sure we had a, a working toilet in the whole region for a period last year. We like there was a burst water main every day. It seemed.
2: Well, the Wellington, you could definitely couldn't do anything with public bus services, could you? The Wellington <laughs> bus schedules.
1: <laughs> yeah, like seriously. But like, one, like, for those who are unaware, there's a there's a there's this suburb that was nicknamed after the bus route, 44. And then they changed that. Like, that's how incompetent they were a- a- and couldn't read the tea leaves. Incredible. Auckland uh, maybe uh, boys, yeah, carry on. Carry on, Louis. sorry.
2: No, no, my bad. I was just going to say Auckland cycle lanes. I know that's a very, very popular
1: topic up there. Oh, yeah. But down here too, absolutely.
0: It's amazing
1: how cycle lanes can make people lose their mind. Absolutely lose their minds, right? Well, as a
2: recently converted, we sold our car. I'm a full-on two-two wheel warrior now. Geez, cycle lanes are so good. How good are cycle lanes? And I and I'm just—that's that. probably me done. That's probably me done. I'm. That's it. Yeah.
1: Well, it's boost, been nice to know everyone. come again. Five, <laughs> four, three, <laughs> two, one, incoming. <laughs> Well, I'm a former cyclist from when I lived in the Netherlands 20-odd years ago, and they had uh, amazing cycle ways. Uh, I, I, I don't have the guts to, to cycle around Wellington. There's too many hills, too. <laughs> I'm a bit half-arsed. Um, we've got Dave on Crusaderville. Boys, how about the Auckland half asses have, have we had one nice, sensible idea from anyone in your part of the country, Louis, on this? You know what? Wouldn't I wouldn't have care. thought so. Have a bit of fun with it. Have a bit of fun with it. But like the Wellington Phoenix did with their press release, excellent stuff, excellent stuff. Uh, all right, uh, have, have you got have you got a, an inside feel on uh, the NRL expansion uh, going to Christchurch? I would hope. Yes, I'm saying that as a Wellingtonian, Louis. What would the team be called?
2: Oh, there was a period of time when Kempe and co, were we were um, trying to get the southern bears off the ground. You know, you could tie in the polar bear aspect, and then you had the, the North Sydney bears as well, and we're going to do a, like a co-sharing thing. But I think Papua New Guinea's got that locked up, don't they? That was, that was the last mail I saw it, so I'm not sure. The, the Warriors certainly have tried to stamp their claim to the south, and I kind of respect it. There was big, big... Um, big support down here for the Warriors when they made their run. I'm sure there was like that in Wellington though. It's interesting the the Warriors, it's kind of a good comparison because you're a Broncos fan, right, from when the Warriors didn't exist and lots of people stayed like that. They didn't leave their old teams for the Warriors.
1: But you know what also pissed me off? They called themselves the New Zealand Warriors and never came to my city for how long? Just call yourself Auckland because that's where you were. I went to watch more Bulldogs games. For years. That's what got my back up. Uh, it really did. It, you know, lip service. How about the Canterbury Second Crusades? Oh. I don't think you'd be renamed. I don't think you.
2: Like, I don't. There's a difference between how, keeping a name and then newly naming
1: teams, right? <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, just get rid of the name.
1: The Auckland Wokesters, writes Craig. Uh, the Auckland Prematures. I don't know where Mark's coming from on that. Is there a bit of projection there, Mark? Um, the Auckland Rage. <laughs> I get in a rage just contemplating heading to Auckland traffic. Feeling the rage is just, ty- just typing it. Aiden from Funksane.
11: <laughs> Hello, Andy Jobson. G'day, mate. How you going? Have you caught up on good your sleep? Ha-
1: no, I'm absolutely mad. I'm um, absolutely crazy. Uh, last could- week, I thought I was back on track. Last week, then. You know, commentated the semi final and then stayed up and basically watched every ball of the final. Um, so I've lost my mind a little bit. How many of the thirty two pills did you use?
11: Um, um, most of them, to be fair. Uh, although I did share a few with a few of my colleagues. I was not too bad. In fact, I got to the point where it was um, uh, preventative or preemptive. Um, right. With, uh, a couple so of you my became colleagues. the dealer. Yeah, I was the dealer, actually, and and I did extract a pound of flesh uh, out of them. Um, the the saying was to take a concrete pill and harden up, um, which was quite required at times. So we probably don't need to go into too much more detail about that. Let's just say yeah. that um, some of the stories are true. That's what I would say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. We are here to talk the uh, Rural Roundup preview with Miss Andy Thompson. Um, I don't have any notes. You can tell me what's coming up on the no. show and what should we talk about.
11: Well... We're kind of in the same territory slightly, um, and and this is going to this is worth a lot of money to farmers. Uh, this time of the year, um, there's a thing that happens on dairy farms, which is uh, insemination. So uh, you inseminate the cows to get them pregnant again for the next season. I don't know if you knew that, but that's uh, that's what happens. They calve, then you inseminate them. There's been a bit of a problem. LIC has had a major biological breakdown with some of the straws of semen, which basically means they're not working. Uh, on at least six days in October. Now, this translates into huge amounts of money loss because if your cow... Um, doesn't get in calf, then you have to wait for the next cycle to get it back in calf, which can be 21 days. And if it fails again, that can be 40 days. Just imagine 10% of your herd is not actually producing milk at a really important time of the year. So going to be talking to um, Malcolm Ellis, who is the general manager of LIC about this. And is there going to be compensation offered for them, for for the affected farmers? So far, um, they've identified about 20,000 straws of semen. Um, by the sound of it, it could be double that, up to 40,000. So quite a major quite a major um, uh, piece of information. So that's what we've got on the show. And then we're going to go across the ditch to our good friend uh, Libby Price, um, today, Country Today host on the Ace Radio Network. Uh, the RSPCA there over in Australia want to put um, uh, CCT cam- cameras in abattoirs, and they also want to ban the old cattle prod. So uh, let's see what's going on on that. Bit of sport with our good friend Chris Harris. We'll talk some cricket. Uh, and then um, we're going to talk about a flash new tractor from Lampower. So plenty on the show today uh, coming up.
1: Thanks so much, Andy. Got to fly, mate. Sounds like you've got a bumper old show coming up. Uh, the Rural Roundup with Andy Thompson runs from 12 to 1 Wednesdays on all frequencies except Auckland and Wellington. Listeners in those areas can still listen to Afternoons with uh, Staffy. Uh, we will take a break. Eight away from 12. Still here, Daniel McCarty, three minutes away from 12, three minutes away from Steffi taking over. He's here to preview his fine Show as we cross to the Auckland studio for the first time since uh, the A-League uh, expansion. Boo, Auckland, boo. We have to start now, Steffi. You're my mortal enemy, mate. You're now my <laughs> mortal enemy.
10: <laughs> mate, once a Phoenix fan, always a Phoenix fan. Sorry, Daniel.
1: Oh, no, no. Oh, that's great news. Stop mm. booing him. Stop booing him. He's <laughs> made the right decision. Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave him alone. No, you suck. Oh, that's not very nice. Unless. We'll turn them off. Unless
10: Paul Eiffel becomes the coach, then I'm going to have to have a good conversation with myself.
1: What about Chris Greenacre? Oh,
10: lovely man, too.
1: Yeah.
10: Mm-mm. Yeah. It's a toughie. Mm, interesting. Mm.
1: Well, I was always taught by my late father once you have a team, you have to stick with them. Dear? Yep. I'm. And, I'm and about to. So, but yeah, and that's why I'm so bitter when it comes to covering. You know, following my Chicago Bulls. I had some good years. The Toronto Maple Leafs. I've never had a good year. Um, you stick with them, right? So I, I did ask this on the show: the psychology of it, especially if you're Auckland based. What do you do? Braden, our producer, he's just dropped the bomb on me. He owns about ten cats. All Wellington Phoenix. He's an Auckland boy, and he's torn. What to do? What should he do, Staffy? Help you him out. Stick with your bloody DNA. You should done, have told me this at 9 o'clock when we went to air, firstly. So I could have
10: really had a crack at you for three hours. Kits for a reason, mate.
1: Yep. What? Jesus.
10: Oh, that's a disgrace. Anyway. I can, I can sense your frustration.
1: What, what, what's coming up on your show, mate?
10: Well, of course, we're still doing our bracket, the greatest barbecue uh, ingredient of um, of all time for New Zealand. We're in the final series of the round of 16. Ne-
1: chips nearly beating sauce... I know Disgraceful New Zealand Lift your game
10: I know Sources up against New Potatoes today Just as a bit of a Bit of a preamble. You have, We've, we'll you have go, chips <laughs>
1: at every meal. I know. Chips, not just barbecue. You have chips at every meal. Anyway, it's your show. I should shut up.
10: We've got Ken Laban live out of the Pacific Games. We've got Isaac Peach, boxing trainer, ahead of their big fight night. We've got Reuben Sharples. He's a member of the Sharp Blacks. That is the New Zealand butchery team. Fantastic. Uh, Jeremy Paul on the departure of Hamish McLennan and Dale Johnson from Swimming New Zealand about why you need to learn to swim with summer coming up. It's the summer countdown. Daniel, Louis, Braden. <laughs> Check yourself.
1: <laughs> great show coming up with Staffy and crew. <laughs> Thank you, Louie. Have a great day. Thank you, Braden. Thank you, everyone. Really fun day. Must have been I was dreading this. <laughs> uh, but it was great fun. It was great fun, heaps. We talked domestic football for three hours. With... Thanks. you. Oh,